Welcome to the Trucker's Mind Podcast. I'm Eddie McGee. It's your boy K Fings. All right, man, we're back. Episode 56, man. And we got some, uh, we got a treat to talk about today. Literally a treat, an edible, a weed edible. <laughs> <laughs> as you all know, uh, today is Sunday, as we're doing the uh, production today, Sunday. Um, but yesterday was 420, which is uh, known as like the weed holiday. I really don't think that. I don't think 420 is any different than, you know, the other made up holidays like, you know, National Donut Day, National Pizza Day and National Sibling Day. The only difference is it's weed, mm-hmm. weed and edibles and all these things. And and weed is like a subculture in itself, I guess you could say. Yeah. You know, so just like, you know, me and Keith will like, I don't know, like comic books or some shit. That's yeah. how people feel about weed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Um, So. I mean, me and Keith aren't as strong on this topic. We know a little bit, but it's me and Keith have never smoked weed, which is kind of hard to believe for some people. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know I'm black. I'm supposed to smoke yeah, weed. We're supposed to be smoking weed, crack, and everything yeah, in between. My lips are dark. Yep, Keith got those dark weed smoking lips. <laughs> no weed, man. <laughs> All right. Uh, without weed no, be morphing people's looks. You said, well, yeah, it does. Yeah. Weed turns people into like, they, they just look real. You know, I don't want to generalize people, but people that smoke hella fucking weed, they look real dopey. Yeah. Like, not like a drug addict, but they look like that cartoon character with the eyes always hanging. Yeah, the eyes below. It, it, what's that dude, that cartoon? That's going to make me mad. You know? I don't know. <laughs> I think it's droopy or some shit. Or... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, I'm going to be mad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to smoke a blunt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now we're, we're supposed to have a, a guest on via phone. This is the first time we ever done this, and I think there's about a six out of ten chance he's going to answer the phone. Uh, but let's go ahead and give it a shot. Let's see, we see something here. All right. Here goes nothing. My damn fucking T-Mobile service is going to work. Come on, man. All right. Here we go. Oh, here it goes. Hello. Hey, what's up, Jules? Hi. <laughs> yeah, we're live. Um, we're just talking about the topic of 420. <laughs> just wanted to get a little bit of little bit of perspective on uh what that day means to you if there's any significance <laughs> the perspective on 420 as like a weed holiday yeah <laughs> <laughs> yep <laughs> well i mean personally to me now that i'm an adult doesn't really much it'll give me an excuse to be like okay i'll hit my pit a little more i'll smoke a little extra now you know but back when I was, like, younger, of course, it was like you take the whole day off, you did school, you go smoke, take the entire day to smoke blunts. <laughs> <laughs> That's common. That's, like, the younger stoner mentality of it. And now you're, you're, like, you've upgraded to, like, the mature package. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now I have a life. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Tell, tell us a little bit about yourself. Don't tell us too much, but... Um, so... What do you do? Um, I am a teacher. Awesome. But I mean, I can't. I won't say what grade or where. Oh. But um, yeah, I'm a teacher, and to be honest, the majority of us teachers 
smoked a lot of weed. <laughs> ah, I bet. It's really because we, we need to the most, you know, but it doesn't hinder, if you're the right kind of person who can handle it, it doesn't hinder our workability or capability of connecting with the kids or anything like that. It's just, you know, a relaxation method yeah, at the end of the day. That's good. I mean, and the cool thing about it is, is like, I think there's this there's this stigma that like people that smoke weed are like stone like stoners like hey I forgot my name like but in, in yes. <laughs> but in actuality it's not like that like my dad's been smoking all my life like he's a hard <laughs> he's a hardcore weed smoker you know uh, mm-hmm. yeah he's a super hardcore I, and I've never smoked which is people find odd but it's just never been my thing you know. Yeah, well, everybody is different. It's not for everybody. Yeah, exactly. It is what it is. But, I mean, I'm one of those, and everybody in my family smokes weed, except for one of my brothers. But he doesn't like it because he says it makes him feel lazy, you know, to each Mm -hmm. their own. Like, that's how he is. That's how his mentality deals with it. The rest of us, like, I could smoke on my way to the gym and still work out and go run longer than I normally do. Like, it just helps you focus. Damn. Workout wise, if you have the right mentality for it. That's some real weed right there. That's some uh, some monster energy weed. <laughs> Pre-workout weed. <laughs> yeah, it all depends. <laughs> you know, you get a good sativa, then you can keep your day going. It's all your mindset, your mentality. Awesome. Uh, hey, you got a question for Julie? Yeah. My my co-host may have a question for you. You got a question, Keith? Nah, not right now. Not right now. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, we're just here's the thing, right? Most of my homies go- coming up, we like they all smoked weed, like all of them. They would like try to pass me the blunt, and they'd be like, "Man, Eddie don't smoke, just pass me the blunt," you know. <laughs> <laughs> but now nah, I think it's I think the the cool thing about it, just just the whole weed thing in general, just well, let's not just let's not just talk about weed, but talk about uh, just everything surrounding it, such as CBD and whatnot. Um, mm-hmm. CBD is a legit product. Um, Real CBD, that is. Um, I've heard a lot of really, I've heard a lot of really great things about it. Um, and it's not, uh, it's not the hyperactive stuff. It's not like going to make you fail a drug test or anything. Um, they have no, not at all. Like a, a lot of the good, uh, potent stuff right now is derived from hemp. Exactly. So there's zero THC in it. It's not even from cannabis. That's dope. And and it, like if yeah. you have back pain or. Um, if you have sleep issues, like usually they would like prescribe you like, was it, is it, is it serotonin or melatonin? No, melatonin. Melatonin. Melatonin to yeah. get sleep. Yeah. But melatonin is that one. Yeah. That's like the vitamin. Yeah. But instead of that, they yeah, said, no, uh huh. Yeah. CBD will help you sleep. It's good for anxiety and relaxation and it helps heal muscle pain. Anything like that. It's amazing. That's real. Yeah. So you, you got all the bases covered. Do you also use CBD and other products as well i do yeah i've made um pain creams with it and i've made an eye cream and some other body products but the pain cream is awesome it's for muscles and uh, fibromyalgia anything like that it's so good oh wow i i know there was a like a it wasn't a chapstick there was something i think it was a chapstick that you had but it was like uh yeah yeah you you said here you know you could have it and you were like nah nah man like nah you would you shouldn't take this because you would fail a drug test or something like that. <laughs> a yeah well no, I do have a chapstick with cannabis oil in it, but it's, I just don't, if anyone has to pass a drug test for work, I just would, because it's like, you put it on your lips and it's right there near those 
small red blood cells that you carry in your blood system very easily. Yeah. Which for me it didn't because I've tested it on myself and taken a drug test and it didn't. I you know it didn't work. It didn't show up, but. I just feel bad if someone else got it. Used it and failed, you know. Yeah, because <laughs> so. I, I, I'll fuck around and fail a drug test. I got big ass lips, so <laughs> you don't have all the. It just absorb the whole thing. Is there a sensation in your lip when you put that on? It, I don't think she hear you. Oh, ask her. Oh, uh, my cohort, my cohort said, "Is there a sensation in your lips when you put that on, like the uh, the lip balm?" Um, not from the cannabis, but there's certain ones that I have, uh, like peppermint oil in and essential oils that, that give that little tingly sensation, but it's not from the weed. Oh, wow. Is that, is it, does that come in nacho cheese flavor too? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, I could make that happen. There you go. Right, for me, I like uh, barbecue ribs. That'd be good. Barbecue. Oh my God. All right. I'll yeah. see what I can do. <laughs> Is it true? Is it true what they say? Is uh, some marijuana considered? Can it be an aphrodisiac? Yeah, certain strains. Really? Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> That's crazy. Wow. What people don't get a lot of the time is there are different strains. There's you know the indicas, which are more like downer. They make you just want to sleep and eat. And there's the sativas that keep you kind of going. Like I said, you have that mindset, you know. That's crazy. And those are the ones. That'll really help with that. I'm going to start buying that aphrodisiac weed and just giving it away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get, get you a good sativa. You're good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I don't... You got any other questions, man? No? Mm-mm. All right. Well, yay. You've been great. I mean, I can't really think of too much else to ask. I think we're going to elaborate this, elaborate on this topic as best we can, uh, we might struggle a little bit. We don't right. have, we won't have the weed expert on the phone anymore. No, well, I'm glad you guys are, you know, bringing it to light. I just hate that people think it's some horrible, demonized thing, you know. Right. It shouldn't be. Nah, you got fucking, so, you got fucking you meth out here. Taking it to topic. You say what? I'm just glad you guys are talking about it. Oh, definitely. You know, not some criminalized thing. Yeah, uh, you shouldn't criminalize weed at all. I, I think that's a joke. Like no. we people smoking cigarettes out here for Christ's sake. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like man, that shit that shit has fucking uh, rat poison in it, man. Like this is ridiculous. And it, but if my thing is this, I'd much rather smoke a blunt than a than a cigarette. And I don't smoke anything. Um, yeah. But damn, like one of them, one of them is a lot more natural than the other one. <laughs> It's a lot better to inhale, that's for sure. You, you know what? I heard the fucking uh, I heard that brownies are or the edibles are really strong. They can be, yeah, depending on what they're made with. <laughs> yeah, I had one of the homies told me he ate a brown he, he ate a brownie and uh, he felt like he went off into outer space. <laughs> so yeah, if you're not used to it, if your tolerance is low, and then you go ahead and eat one, especially if you've been drinking or anything like that, it yeah, it'll put you over the edge. That's what'll stop people from eating edibles or smoking altogether. <laughs> Man, I bet you some people are still fucked. I bet you some people are still fucked up from those brownies yesterday. Like they were hunting for Easter eggs and shit today. Yeah, for sure. Oh, for sure. <laughs> they were eating though. Eating some goodies for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, hey, I'm not gonna hold you. Hey, happy Easter. Enjoy the rest of your day, and you know. 
go ahead and uh, take a hit of that bong for us. All right, I will. Thank you for having me on. All right, hey, you have a good night. All right, you too. Bye. All right, All right that was cool. Yeah. As as you as you guys could hear, she was a very sensible weed smoker. Um, <laughs> obviously, is a teacher. Um, not going to really disclose any more information about that, but I think the whole stigma about people that smoke is you know a lot of them are lazy. Now there are a lot of lazy weed smoking people, right? But you can't generalize everyone. There's some people that smoke every day. You wouldn't know. There's doctors, lawyers. They all smoke weed. They do high stress jobs. So yeah, yeah, you'd be surprised how many people you know working in different fields smoke weed you should just ask them yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't i wouldn't want my barber to smoke weed i don't obviously i don't go to barber i don't have any fucking hair but if (laughs) if i had a barber i wouldn't want you cutting my head and you like high as fuck and then you end up fucking my haircut up uh most barbers smoke weed yeah a lot of them do yeah that's that's a bad that's a bad comparison actually yeah i don't know if that would affect how they cut back in the day i had a barber cut my head and he smelled like weed so bad that once he got done cutting my hair i smelled like weed (laughs) 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 my dad was like hey where were you been (laughs) he's like where you get that weed from son (laughs) (laughs) oh man making that damn noise during the podcast yeah, son of a bitch. Now, all right, the topic of 420. I think we both had a conversation that, that it was. It's more uh, uh, just the topic of weed. It's it's almost like a subculture in itself. Yeah. Now, from what you've seen, what do you really think about that? Um, it's just it's 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 just an overblown thing. I don't really think it's that big of a deal. Some people try to, um. You know, there's people on the fence about it, whether it's good or bad or, you know, and a lot of old school people, they feel a certain way about it. Like, oh, you shouldn't be smoking weed. You shouldn't be doing it. But a lot of old people don't have science to back up anything that they say. They just they just be talking from, you know, things that they learn from their parents and so on and so forth. But it's just weed, man. Like, (laughs) smoke weed. Who cares? (laughs) If you don't, you don't. I, I had a one of my cousins was talking. I was talking to him and. He um, he he smokes weed, and what he was telling me, because uh, I think before he got a certain job, he was really worried about passing a drug test. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's talking to like one of the employees there already, and one of the this is a white guy, and the white guy was like, "Dude, like smoke weed." It's like if if like they want me to pass a drug test. Or they want me to take a drug test. I'm just not going to work there. I'm going to get another job. Oh. <laughs> that's like low key white privilege, but at the same time, I was like, "Damn!" I was like, "That's real, man. That's real." <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know what? I I just think that um, a lot of people that smoke weed have that. Um, they have basically they they enjoy it because it is a form of therapy. Like we have to look at it from how they view it. Like from us, from the outside looking in, we'll be like, "Oh man, you know, weed ain't worth your job, this and that." Yeah. Now we could say that, but how much do they actually need it? Like, like she mentioned, you know, anxiety and all these other things. Now, uh, Stephen A. Smith made a point. He talked about some of these athletes that get in trouble for smoking weed and they lose their contracts. He said it ain't no no joint worth five million dollars. Yeah. That, that I would have to agree with. But then there are some people that literally may choose their sanity over that five million dollars. Meaning, they feel like if they didn't smoke, they'd probably go insane. Yeah. 
So them being able to smoke and you got to realize the NFL, these guys are taking hits. They're getting fucked up. They're getting CTE. They're getting their arms broke, their legs all fucked up. And they want to give them all this Vicodin and all this legal drugs. But if an athlete chose to smoke weed instead, I would actually have to agree with the athlete for smoking the weed instead of taking Vicodin. But in comparison to the five million dollar statement, I still I wouldn't think it's worth it. Yeah, I don't I don't know how many like I'm sure there's a number, but I feel like the majority of those people are just making stupid decisions. Like yeah. they're not they're not. You know, they may be hurt or whatever, but I feel like a lot of them are just making stupid decisions. Yeah, but, got- but at the same time, there's a lot of pe- there's a lot of athletes that, athletes that smoke weed. You'd probably be surprised, like you know, your, some of your favorite athletes probably smoke weed during the off season. Or oh yeah, definitely a lot of college athletes be smoking weed. Oh yeah, so it's just it's, it just happens. But at the same time, it's like I think it's stupid to throw away your you know entire career to smoke weed. Um, that just doesn't make sense to me. But hey, you know, teach his own. Definitely, man. I'm, I think I'm about to go buy a big sack of that weed that uh, Jules is talking about. Yeah, that that aphrodisiac weed. Mm-hmm. And I just like smoke a chick out, and she's like, "Oh my god, I just want to fuck right now." <laughs> oh my god, I'm so wet. <laughs> <laughs> I was. I be thinking like in my mind now. I'd be like, "Dang, I probably start smoking when I'm like 50." Yeah. Probably when we're all, all said and done, yeah. we'd probably be like, damn, I should have did this when I was 34. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I'm going to have like dreads and like ungroomed and just be smoking a bunch of weed. Yeah. There's people that, there's a lot of people that smoke and I don't judge anyone that smokes. The only people that I have a problem with that smoke weed are the ones that smoke weed and just give up on life. Yeah. Like you, how are you even going to afford weed? Yeah. Some people smoke weed every day and ain't got no job. Like what are you, what are you doing to smoke? <laughs> they listening to Nate Dog. Smoke weed every day. No, 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 no. How <laughs> the fuck are you buying it? <laughs> yeah, you you've heard that from the song, but yeah. what are you doing? You, I mean, you don't ever want to get to the point where you're sucking dick for weed. Okay? Oh my god! <laughs> oh my comedy. That's what crackheads do. That, that's what crackheads do. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah, man. <laughs> I guess they don't need no aphrodisiac weed to do that. They just like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You know what's crazy is the stigma on weed is ridiculous in comparison to shit like meth. Meth is fucking ruining families and lives and people are tweaking and 2 a.m. walking around. And it's like I've noticed there is less of a stigma on meth than weed, which I just I think, find ridiculous. You know what I'm starting to realize is that there's a. Uh, Branding is important, and I think that people, uh, these big wigs, whether it's the government or whoever, mm-hmm. they push a narrative for the benefit of themselves. Got right? it. So I think they push a narrative on black people to, like, fear-mongering and stuff like that. And I think they've been pushing a narrative on weed, even if they had all this information maybe in the 70s. Mm. I don't know how much more we know about – I'm sure we know a lot more about weed now – but I'm sure in the 70s, um, they knew a lot about weed and the benefits of it and what it could do. Um, and I think that for whatever reason, because they weren't able to monetize it, mm-hmm. I think they started to push a narrative. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the U.S. government, definitely. I don't want to get in all these conspiracies, but I think it's pretty black and white when you see it. Like um, everyone that smoked weed, they wrote them off as a hippie or, 
you know, a pothead or a lame brain or whatever the case. And it's like, bro, back even back then, people was doing heroin. They shooting needles in their arm. Yeah, you know what I mean. And they and people talked about that less than marijuana. Yeah, that's crazy. Part of why I say that is because there used there would be literally commercials on TV and cartoons of people smoking cigarettes. Right. And because there were there were taxes and stuff associated exactly. with it, you know, that was okay. And then you had to reverse reverse that and then create commercials with people smoking freaking or people talking out of their neck like the little yeah, like, like, like ass 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 teriyaki chicken put down the cigarette. Uh, you can imagine some chick talking nasty to you as she has oh that thing on. I'm gonna suck you dry. <laughs> <laughs> stick it in the hole. <laughs> stick good. it, in, stick it in all my holes. <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine if if it went in the throat? Yeah, it'd be like, uh, uh, oh uh, my god, uh, uh. that's gross. <laughs> oh, my stomach hurts. <laughs> terrible this podcast goes all the way all the way left folks when you listen to this podcast you got to know what to take literally okay what to take seriously and what not to take seriously okay don't you know don't get mad like my grandpa has a hole in his neck don't be making fun of that my grandpa's here to put them cigarettes down Yeah, them cigarettes will kill you i've never met a person ever met a person that got a hole in there from smoking weed yeah Never. Only thing I met from a person that's smoking weed is they just wanted some Little Debbie snacks. That's all <laughs> the fuck that I came across. <laughs> My dad still smokes weed. Super heavy weed smoker. I, I, I don't really talk about it, but I mean, that's what he does. And, you know, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. And then he'll be like, hey, hey, son, can you stop by the store and give me some blunts? I'll be like, oh, God damn. I heard them blunts is bad for you, though. They are. Yeah. Those are bad. Mm-hmm. And I told him before, and my dad was like, what the fuck are you telling me? I told him, you need to switch the papers, man. Yeah. And he was like, what? Yeah. I was like, you need to switch the papers. And he was just like, man, give me some Optimo Peach blunts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, those things are bad. That's tobacco. Yeah. That's legit tobacco, man. So, mm-hmm. folks. Backwards. From what I, from my research, right? If you don't, if you happen to give a fuck about anything that I say, stop smoking blunts. Stop smoking that shit. Stop smoking. Just get papers, man. They got like get those uh what the Khalifa papers they got. Mm-hmm. They got like and then you got Rick Ross. He also got some papers that like yeah. they look like a dollar bill. Yeah, man. Smoke get that uh, Truckers of Mine rolling papers coming. Yo, that would be so dope. <laughs> if we could monetize the fucking podcast. <laughs> a little logo with, on it. Little logo, Truckers of Mine weed wraps. <laughs> get some fucking grinders. <laughs> get the little grinder pack down. Yeah. That will be dope. I want to come out. They got this thing that, that rolls your blunts for you. Yeah, I seen, I seen Lil Duval using that. Yeah, it's like you just, it got like a little blade in it, and then it dump all the shit out, and then the blunt just rolled itself. Yeah. Damn, this weed shit has got super high tech. Mm-hmm. I have... Um, They're going to have robots rolling blunts in the future. <laughs> Would you like that, roll? Here is your blunt, sir. <laughs> My cousin had this thing called a volcano. I'm sure some of the people out there have used it or heard of it. But it's like it's like shaped like this volcano, and it has like this big bag on the top of it. And then you kind of just grind up the weed inside of it, and then wow. somehow it like like it kind of heats up or like smokes or like fires up the weed, 
and then the balloon kind of fills up. Oh and shit! Then just like breathe in the balloon. It's pretty. It's pretty crazy. And then, you know that's par- part of it. Like when people don't like to smoke the tobacco or the blunts or the papers or whatever, they just they're just inhaling all smoke instead of like the papers. Wow, whatever. that mm-hmm. is like probably the most green way to smoke green. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah that's real. like fucking, that's like the, the Tesla of smoking weed. <laughs> you know, the, here's the thing. I think that if, if I ever got involved with the weed industry, I want to be like the fucking Elon Musk of of weed. Yeah. Like, I want to come up with a product so, like, so different than everyone else. They're like, that's that guy. Yeah. And they'd be like, he doesn't even smoke weed, bro. I'm like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, yeah, him and Keith came out with a fucking bong. That- what if Elon Musk didn't drive an electric car? If he did what? It if he didn't drive an electric car. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> he got a big old truck that's like blowing like, out all kind like of these, crazy these black cars, smoke. These cars are pieces of shit. <laughs> I don't drive them personally. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be wild. Dang. Yeah, that'd be crazy, man. That's Elon. Yeah. All right, man. Shout out to Julie, too. For yeah, shout out to Julie, man. Shout out to Julie for guest. being our first phone call guest. Yeah. We're going to figure out how good that audio sounded once we get back. It seems like it was fine. Yeah, she did okay. Sounded pretty good. Yeah. She was really like to the point, like very serious. Like she yeah. she was like, Look, I'm gonna get on here. I'm not gonna clown around. I'm gonna represent yeah. the weed smoking community the right way. So if any of our students are listening to this podcast, they don't know who the fuck it is. Amen. They, they are not listening to this fucking podcast. Amen. Trust me. They are not <laughs> they are not listening to this shit. These kids is wild out here. Yeah, that yeah, you can yeah. That's not. That's not gonna work, man. We be on there talking about <laughs> pussy and shit. They are, they are not listening to this shit. Mommy, mommy, listen to the Trucker's Fine podcast. They're nasty. It's just like, oh my god, that Keith <laughs> is to die for. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna give a have a weed giveaway. <laughs> just giving everybody weed. Come on down to the hugs and weed giveaway. <laughs> giving out hugs and blunts. But no, seriously, a lot of, like, <laughs> kids be consuming content, bro. Yeah, they do. That's yeah. shit they shouldn't. Yeah, back when back when I was a kid, we had that squ- a squiggly cable porn, yeah. where, where we, it was like channel one hundred five or something, where exactly. it was squiggly and you could never see it, and then it was straightened out and it'd be some titties. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? No, I don't. Oh God, you're too young. Anybody yeah. that knows what I'm talking about, I think it was the Spice Channel is what it was called. Spike. Spice. S P I C E. Spice Channel. Oh, and no. it was just like it would like be squiggly. Mm-hmm. And then you would just be watching it, and all of a sudden it would straighten out, and you would see titties, and you'd be like, oh, shit. And I was probably like in the excited, third grade, huh? fourth grade. Yeah, because yeah. when you fourth in the fourth grade, mm-hmm. you're not used to seeing adult you titties. See no titties yeah. You ain't seen no titties. So a titty is like, wow. That's, that's what like I, gold, bro. That's like gold, man. Yeah. Titties back, looking at squiggly titties on a, a channel you wasn't supposed to get was like Snapchat back in the day. Bruh. <laughs> You get a quick glimpse. I'm like, disappear. Yeah, man. Dang. Shout All out. right. Let, if y'all want to send us some, you know what I'm saying, K-things on Snapchat. All right. Let's move on. <laughs> All right. Putting people on goofy time. There was um, there was a, a basically an interview that Nipsey Hussle did uh, where he basically talked about putting people on goofy time. States, basically meaning that when somebody's doing some shit that is I cry for attention and it's just some bullshit. Don't respond to it. Just let them stay off to a distance. Mm-hmm. Do you want to plug that in or no? Yeah, we could we could post that. The public gotta be more. You can't you can't even really get on Takashi. You gotta demand more from the public because mm-hmm. you got people that are reacted to how the public reacted. 
to Takashi disrespecting me. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You follow what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. man. So like, it, like I gotta, gotta I gotta put the put a red light mm-hmm. on, you know, or people a trip yeah. for real. And it's like somebody be sitting home, looking at their timeline, reacting to what Takashi said about them, and might feel pressure to go do something. But it's like the public should not even react to clown shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You feel me? We shouldn't even. Be, it, it should the public should follow the real niggas, and the yeah. real niggas ain't reacting, so y'all don't react. Exactly. It's, you know, yeah. put this shit on. Put the dude on goofy time and just let him sit over here and do what he's doing until that shit expire. Because it always going to self-destruct, clearly. Mm-hmm. And we're back. <laughs> 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 yeah, man. Putting people on goofy time. You don't want to acknowledge someone that's beneath you, basically. Um, there's a line that Jay-Z had that says, uh, like he said, my mom once told me don't argue with fools because from mm-hmm. a distance you don't know who is who. Mm-hmm. Meaning that a person that's doing fuck shit that's been trying to get on your bad side forever, once you acknowledge them and give them the same energy they're giving you, everybody else that's surrounding that situation can't decipher who is who. They yeah. just think both of y'all some fuck boys. Yeah. So I think that there is more power in not responding or giving energy to people that do shit like that. Oh, yeah. So you might have somebody at your job that's trying to get a reaction out of you. You might have somebody that's doing something or whatever the case. You cannot stoop to their level and stop being so quick to react to people. Mm-hmm. Like stop, stop it, man. Trust yeah. me. Yeah, I think humans we're emotional people, so we have a natural inclination to like always want to like uh, attack a certain energy with that same energy. Exactly. Yeah, but I think that. You know, if you if you just kind of sit down and assess situations before you address them, then you'll you'll realize a lot of it is like you know you said like goofy. It's just like, yeah. you know. So, um, but yeah, it, I think it, I think it's it is a difficult thing, but um, I think it's a learned behavior. So exactly like we said, Nipsey Hussle made that statement, um, and I'm sure. He hasn't always thought that way, you know, especially yeah. being like gang affiliated. You know, you always, you know, it's it's a lot of a like whose cock is bigger type of thing. You know what I mean? Like who's people still who's, do that? What? Have a, a cock test? I mean, that's like not literally. I know. But, I'm you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cuz my cock bigger, cuz. <laughs> Can you imagine that? That'd be so weird. Like, see, I told you, no, mine's ain't hard yet. Watch, watch. <laughs> oh, heck no. Uh, that's wild. Go ahead, man. I'm sorry, yeah. dude. But no, it's, it is it is a good um, a good concept to learn because I think a lot of people listening, they're aspiring to uh, be people with platforms, people with businesses, people, you know, just doing things in life. And I think that, you know, we're, it's going to come a time when when – when you get you uh, that type of energy is brought your way, like right. you know, sometimes we'll we'll uh, we posted our confessions movie, and somebody there was a there was like one person that left um, a negative comment on there, basically saying like uh, how we weren't creative for using like you know certain lines or whatever. And I seen it, and I was just like, oh, whatever. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I didn't really feel any kind of way. Um, because you, you kind of know your work and you know that, you know, it's solid work. So I don't necessarily need to give that comment any energy. You just kind of move on. Yeah. And it just goes away after. You that. don't become a part of another person's energy. 
Yeah. You see them putting shit out. You got to realize, a motherfucker that would say some shit like, man, y'all never be no good. Man, y'all trash, right? Imagine this motherfucker sitting on his couch, scratching his little nuts with no, probably no creative bone in his body. Mm-hmm. You cannot allow a person like that to get any emotion out of you. Yeah. Because they're, they're dying for it. That Some people's only investment in themselves is hating other people. Mm-hmm. And that's not really investment in yourself. That's investment in other people. Yeah. But it's like, I don't need your hate. Like, I don't need your hate to, like, first of all, hate is not, it's, it's unnecessary. If you had constructive criticism, I'd be like, cool. I love criticism. Yeah. Especially when it's constructive. Like, hey, I don't think that was that creative. You guys did a great job. But if you may have framed it like this or this possibly, then it would have been cool. And if you say something like that, then I could look at myself and say, you know what? Maybe I could have done this. Mm-hmm. But if you just on there like, you and Keith a bitch. You know, I'm just <laughs> like, okay. Yeah. All right. Just I think even even outside of us like addressing comments towards us, just addressing nonsense in the world. Right. Like a lot of times, a lot of podcasts, their whole hour, hour and a half, two hours is about current events. Right. Sometimes me and Eddie, we feel like we don't even need to give certain topics energy. <clears throat> yep. It's just like nonsense. Like, you know, the lady that essentially disrespected Nipsey Hustle, um, his Fuck, funeral. Fucking yeah. Laura Ingram. You didn't have to say her name. Fuck but, her. Yeah, you didn't have to say her name. That's like giving it energy in itself, just saying her name. Cut. But <clears throat> you're still giving it energy. <laughs> but like, you know, Eddie, Eddie totally went against my argument. But basically, like a lot of these situations pop up. And we don't mention them at all on the podcast because nope. they don't they don't even deserve that kind of energy. So exactly. that's the same thing. Like, you know, just put them on goofy time. Yeah. Let them just let them expire. He said, put them on goofy time. Let that shit expire. And, you know, and 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 the crazy thing about it, too, is, is you just got to understand that a lot of times when people do this, it's coming from a bad place. It's not coming from a place of I didn't know I was probably clueless. I didn't know the severity of it. A lot of times it's them being truly educated on the situation and purposely choosing to act like they don't know so they could say some disrespectful stuff. But regardless of where it's coming from, it, it's I think you you do that situation so much better when you don't reply. Mm-hmm. You don't like, for example, like it, let's say you get in an argument with your wife or with your girl and she say some wild shit, like wild shit. You like, what did you say? You yeah. know what? You trying to hurt my feelings. That's all you trying to do. You trying to hurt me right now. So mm-hmm. I'm about to put you on goofy time. I'm about to not respond to this text. Yeah. And then when you don't respond, guess what they do? Send you another evil text. And then guess what they do? Then they send you another evil text. Uh-huh. Then once you finally, like, you ain't replied and said nothing, them same people will come back and apologize. Yeah. Like, just talk to me. I'm sorry. Yeah. They're like, oh, now you want to act normal? Mm-hmm. Nah. You already showed me how crazy you is. I'm putting you on goofy time for life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You got to... Just avoid the crazies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, moving on. The crazies. That sounds like a uh, oh. a, a good name for like a horror movie. I think they already have one. It's called The Crazies? I think so. Mm, never yeah, heard of it. Probably but. some fucking B-rated movie or something. Yeah. And yeah, some shit on Netflix way down, deep down <laughs> in the selection of this. <laughs> All right. That's w- funny. Moving on. Um, being assertive with women. Mm-hmm. Um, what a lot of men re- don't realize is like, being extremely nice to women is probably the worst thing you could do. I'm not saying don't be kind. I think it's important to respect women. You, you, you really should. 
but you should be a very assertive and be very firm. And and I think that I learned more than anyone because I was a guy that was like, hey, um, I was wondering like if you have some time on Saturday, possibly if it's in your schedule, if you'd like to like go out and, and hang out, right? <laughs> that approach, that approach right there will not get you shit. It won't get you shit because women like men that know what they want. Even if the girl don't know what she wants, she likes a guy that knows what he wants. And I'm not trying to give you dating tips. I'm just saying, like, over the years of me being that super nice Steve Urkel motherfucker, Steve Urkel. <laughs> I realized that shit don't work a long time ago. Yeah. You know how I asked women out? I said, hey, me and you, Saturday night at this place, let's do it. Yeah. Right? And they're like, oh, my God, I, I, that'd be awesome. Right? You know how I ask women out? I don't, I don't ask them. I tell them out. Yeah. Same. It's like, hey, me and you, sex, eight thirty, <laughs> be there. <laughs> oh shit! Me and you, Saturday night in the butt. <laughs> oh, oh my god! Yeah. But yeah, man. And the reason why I say that is this: like, women like men that know what they want. And and it's not like and I know some women are thinking like that's rude. Why would you ever ask a woman out like that? Like you shouldn't do that. You should ask if she has time. Well, this is how the the female mind works. Mm-hmm. They have a way of things that they they want things to go a certain way, but in actuality, they never gravitate to that type of guy. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> they don't. Because if you looked at the type of men women date, and, and the dude is a complete fucking douchebag that didn't have respect from the very beginning. But yeah, she'd be like, I need a guy that respects me and holds open doors for me. But the motherfucker she's dating or the motherfucker she's fucking is not holding no doors open. Yeah. Only thing he's holding open is those legs. Damn. He ain't holding shit else. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. I'm actually a pretty cool guy. I know this is kind of a self-endorsement, so just, <laughs> you could disregard that. Anybody who knows me personally, they can, they, you know, I have references. Um <laughs> <laughs> But dude, stop! You can't be too nice. You got basically, you got to display your like. You got to be assertive. Yeah. Um, one of the characteristics of being insecure is being indecisive. There you go. Yeah. So, um, I think that deeper than you know, a woman just not liking a guy that you know doesn't you know, know what color shirt he wants to wear at the end of the day. <laughs> it's more of a, like, it's more about what the, what the indecisive indecisiveness points to. Right. So, you know, I think women just want people with confidence and there confidence means, or in a way to display confidence is by knowing what you want. Right. So you like, Hey, you know, we're, you know, we're, uh, we're going to dinner, um, or meet me here and we're going to have dinner or, you know, any, any form of, you know, that assertiveness, is going to get you further. Definitely. Yeah. So yeah, you have to have the attitude that you're not afraid to be rejected. Yeah. I think anybody's like, I was wondering, I think that I'm not sure that no, yeah. if, if I tell you, look, I want to take you out. I want to pay for I want to pay for you. I want to, let's go have some drinks. Yeah. Have some dinner. Let's do this. Mm-hmm. And you're like, Oh, well, and you make up whatever excuse. I'm cool with that. Yeah. I'm cool with rejection. I've been rejected many times. It doesn't, it's not like my life's going to fucking end because you don't want to hang out. You know, because then if you don't, the next woman will. And if she doesn't, then the next woman will. And if she yeah. doesn't, then the next woman will. And then and we can keep playing the, the song. We keep playing the song over and over and over yeah. again until I fuck your grandma. Oh my god. No, I'm playing. <laughs> god, damn. 
not grandma. <laughs> <laughs> Granny wet. <laughs> <laughs> nah, man. But uh, yeah, you you gotta just you have to tell women what you want, and and it's not so much you have to tell them like like verbally like I want this or I want that. It's like the way that you carry yourself as a man lets women know what you want from them. Yeah, you know, I'm not gonna act like a knight in shining armor if I want sex from a woman. I'm gonna treat her with respect. But I'm gonna be very to the point. I'm yeah. not I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not going to tell you my whole fucking life story and my my origin story. It all started when I was four years old. <laughs> yeah. If I just want some pussy. I'm not doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna treat you with respect, you know, take you out. We're gonna have a good time, we're gonna have a good conversation, a lot of laughs. We're gonna hang out, and then if you're cool, like it's just like it's kinda hard to explain. Like you have this aura or this, you know, this you both develop this idea of what things are or what they're going to be. Yeah. And women are down with it. Yeah. You know, but if you're just this guy that's like, I'm not really sure, you know, I want to just, you know, I want to be super respectful and I want, that's not going to work with these women, man. I think this topic, it, um, it's bigger than women. You know, others are about women. So like, um, I was just thinking about it. If, if you're, if you're trying to accomplish things in life, like sometimes people will talk to me about stuff they want to do or um, like, hey, man, I'm kind of thinking about starting a podcast. Uh, right. You know, uh, I may do it, you know, maybe in, maybe over the summer. I'll probably have enough time in the summer. And I'm just like, nope. Like, you know, I'm treating them like a wimp, like a, like if, I, if they're trying to get at me and I'm a female. Like, nah, I don't <laughs> like it. <laughs> right. Yeah, but you know that 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 assertiveness it carries on into your regular life too. So if you're a person that's like, hey, this you know, um, in three months you know I'm gonna buy all the necessary um, equipment. I'm gonna buy a microphone. I'm gonna get a laptop, and then I'm gonna start my own podcast. And you know I'm gonna study up on some certain things, and and I'm gonna get it done. You know, those are the people that are gonna be more successful in life. So um, people that are successful in life. You know, that kind of translates into how they're dealing with, uh, you know, with females also. So, right. You, you, you want to know why I know me and Keith are assertive guys? Because the way we started the podcast is like a telltale story. Um, he's like, uh, so what's up? We doing a podcast? I was like, yeah, I definitely want to do it. And he was like, all right, I'm coming over with my mic and my thing <laughs> right now. And then we did our first podcast that way. It yeah. wasn't like, I think like we should do it next week, probably mm-hmm. if we're ready, you know, or we should check it out this time. Uh, no. Yeah. We fucking did from that. And then from that episode, we went all the way to now. Yeah. 56 fucking episodes. Yeah. When you know what you want, you have to fucking go after it. The worst that can happen is you fail or you get rejected. Mm-hmm. This is a part of fucking life. I think if, if you're not assertive, you're afraid of rejection. Yeah. Or failing. And I think both of those things are great. Yeah. Every time I've been rejected or I failed at something, I got better at it. Mm-hmm. I've been rejected by women so many times that I just, I've developed this this grand confidence. Mm-hmm. I'm like, look, I know you're hot. I know your tits are huge, you know? Yeah. And if you don't like me, then I'm going to just, you know, keep cracking at all of your friends until <laughs> <laughs> until one of them says yes. Yeah. Chances are, one of them gonna say yes. Yeah, man, that was. Don't take that serious, folks. I don't yeah. try to fuck people's friends. Okay, it's a couple. It's a daughter that we. <laughs> 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 it's a 
It's the daughter out there. <laughs> What's up? Me? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, Lord. I'm just playing. Yeah. But, but yeah, man. Yeah. Well, you were saying something. I'm sorry. Nah. Yes. Yeah. Just learn to be more assertive yeah. uh, for things that you want. And especially when it comes. And this is more or less talking to men. Mm-hmm. This is not on women, really. Yeah. Women are just the recipients of our energy. So. Yeah. You, I, yeah. Sometimes that does feel weird from coming from a woman like being the person that's uh right being the uh the prey i guess right yeah. <laughs> the prey god damn that's, <laughs> i don't know I, I don't think women should have to be the one like i was wondering if i want to you know here's the thing if i ask a chick out right if i ask her out and you know she's like oh possibly sometime later on i'm like oh okay no problem i'm not gonna be mean i'm not gonna be like oh fuck this chick because <clears throat> people don't have to like you right but my thing is, is I leave with uh, I leave the girl with a good taste in her mouth. Not not like literally, but like. <laughs> <laughs> so what happens is, is for future reference, if she's still open to doing that, like hanging out, she'll be like, "Hey, I was wondering if you still wanted to hang out." But see, I asked first. Yeah. I made I made I had the balls to say, "Hey, I gave you the time. I gave you the date. I gave you the restaurant. I told you I'd pay. I, I basically told you everything that would go on." Yeah. And. If you you were I mean you weren't up for it then if you're up for it again and you ask me then that's cool but yeah. I was the one that made a statement first yeah I think I think that what you said is important about not leaving a bad taste in someone's mouth exactly because you you know it may not just be the right time maybe that person was right. talking to somebody and they didn't want to exactly you know, you know be talking to two three people at one time just kind of right. you know invest their energy into one person. And or like maybe you just weren't famous enough, and then once they right. see five thousand listens on the podcast, oh I was like, hey, shit, you know, <laughs> just kind of want to throw some panties at <laughs> you. <laughs> you no, man. I, and my thing is, we don't, we haven't, we don't have any idea where this podcast is going to go. We have a, a high trajectory for it, and believe it or not, we're still new in the podcast game. We've been doing this shit over a year. Mm-hmm. We got over this is fifty six number fifty six episode. We're mm-hmm. going to keep cracking at it. Mm-hmm. So who knows? By episode one twenty, we might be some hot shot motherfuckers by then. <laughs> yeah, you know, and everybody's gonna be like, "Oh my god, I always knew you would make it. Yeah. We should hang out. We mm-hmm. should hang out. I always knew you'd be good, Eddie." Yeah, and I'll be like, "I tried to fuck you already." Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, let's try it again. <laughs> Jake, Jake Cole has this line. He's like, uh, he was he was uh, quoting a like a girl. He said, uh, basically saying like. The girl's like, hey, like, dang, I wish I knew that you would be rich. And then J. Cole was like, well, you should have asked. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so it's just like one of those things. Like, Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. In the grand scheme of things, be more confident. Be assertive. Yeah. Tell, tell women what you want. And the way they receive it will be the end result. Yeah. So. Even if you don't believe it, I feel, just throw it out there, bro. Throw it, yeah, throw it out yeah. there. The worst that could happen. She's probably going to be like, at first, she might reject. I've had chicks reject me and then come back. Like, that's happened many times. Yeah. I ain't worried about it though. But all right, moving on. <clears throat> Why cougars exist? Why do cougars exist? A cougar is basically a woman that's like middle aged, I guess you can say, mm-hmm. who um, likes the service of younger men. <laughs> mm-hmm. Why do cougars exist? This is my theory. I think that a cougar is nothing more than an alpha female who happens to be older, who is who looks better than men. Like there are not a lot of men comparable to her, like at her age. Mm -hmm. So what it is, is they don't want a guy that's kind of over the hill, kind of has a big gut. You know, they want a guy that's younger that they're sexually attracted to. Yeah. That 
they feel the sex is going to be better. Because, you know, they might get an older dude that's their age and this erection is kind of like questionable. Yeah. You know, he, you know, yeah. he might he might need to take us a little bit of Viagra here and there. Yeah. They want a guy that, you know, is probably, you know, 28, 35, whatever the age. Mm-hmm. Just a younger guy, younger than them, that's going to fuck the shit out of him. Yeah. And I think that that's why <laughs> I think that's why Cougars exist. And there's mm-hmm. and Cougars could range from many ages up to the 50s, you know. Yeah, I've seen some women at that age, and I'm just like, I've, I've seen a lot of super hot cougars in their 40s and 50s, and I was just like, man, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. and it's looking better than a lot of chicks my age. Yeah, but I just think it's just it's just an alpha. Only thing is, only thing is, it's an alpha female. More than likely, she probably has her shit together, and she's like, hey, young man, I want you. Yeah, you know, and then the young man's like, okay. Oh, wide-eyed. <laughs> oh, wide-eyed. Because as a young man, you don't get to dominate older women. Like, yeah. older women, they, 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 you experience them. They don't experience yeah. you. They got to fall in your lap. Yeah. Yeah, literally. But um, <laughs> I, I think there's, like, the, a biological thing to it, too. I yeah. think that, you know, if you're you're a male in your prime, you know, you're, I don't know what your, you know, your sexual prime is, uh, like, the time where you can uh that the time that you're most likely to have a baby i don't know what age 30, that is women in their sexual prime at 36 i'm talking about men oh men all oh, fuck no. i don't know what age that is but i'm saying that i'm sure biologically women are more attracted to that because you know on the you know surface surface level they think that they like that man is uh, more likely to get them pregnant you know what i mean wow so um but you know, other than that, like you're right, man. Like they, they, they're not old enough to, you know, have the all the gray hair, like the hair full of gray hair. Mm-hmm. They're still strong. They're probably still in the gym. Mm-hmm. Um, they probably still got all their teeth. <laughs> <laughs> right. It, you know, many. You know, from a physical standpoint, there's probably more. They they just look better. Right. Um, exactly. They take so, better care of themselves. Older yeah. older women take better care of themselves than the young <clears throat> yeah. ones. Yeah, no, I was talking. I'm talking about women being attracted to men. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, yeah. gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, uh, the older women, they, you know, they, they do, they, they, their mentality is just totally different. You know what I yeah. mean? They, they, I think, and part of it, kind of like we talked about on the last topic, they just know what they want. Right. So they know that they have, you know, like a 20 year old son, or you know, they're a couple kids out of the house. They maybe have one you know, on the way out, maybe a senior in high school or whatever. And they know that they're not necessarily looking to marry a guy again. At right. The moment. They may have just got out of a long relationship or right. whatever the case may be. Right. And, you know, there's a couple young, strong black men on the <laughs> truckers. <in> my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dang. I was like, where's he going with this? Oh, man. Man. I have a buddy, um, and he work he works at a school too. And sometimes he'd be describing a couple of the you know the older teachers at the school. And the thing that sucks about it the most is I'd be like, dang, like I'm, I'd be like, man, I know a couple of those cougars too. But the the only thing that sucks is that I don't know what they look like. Um, so I'm just like picturing it in my head, but I'm like, I have no idea what they look like. Uh, just hearing these stories, I might just pop up to the school one day. 
Yeah, I think a cougar. I think women at that age. See, I think a lot of times too, a woman that's of age. Mm-hmm. I, I can't really just make a distinction of what age. Just of age, I would yeah. say you know forty something, even all the way up to damn near fifty. Because I think a, I think a a super cougar is Jennifer Lopez. Yeah, that is like the epitome of cougarness. Supreme cougar. It's a supreme cougar. She's I think she's forty eight or forty seven or some shit like that. And Jennifer Lopez was dating guys that are 24, 25. Yeah. She's eating these guys alive, man. Mm-hmm. You know? And I bet you the, the, little, the guy, like, you cracked the joke, all wide-eyed. Mm-hmm. If I'm 25 and J- Jennifer Lopez is trying to fuck me, I'm going to be wide-eyed. Yeah. Imagine like, how Drake felt. I think they had a thing going on. Drake's, like, 33 years old. Yeah, so. Drake, yeah Drake is, like, 32, 33. So, uh, yeah. You could only imagine, like, this nigga was probably, like, there's J Lo in my bedroom. What the yeah, heck? man. Can you imagine that? Yeah. You you know you you having sexual relations with Jennifer Lopez? I didn't have sexual. I did not have sexual relations with that woman, <laughs> Jennifer Lopez. <laughs> I might have got a little hair from J Lo, but that, that was about it. Yeah, J Lo, man. Shout out to J Lo, man. Yeah. She is like the super cougar. I can't. There's so many other ones. I think another cougar is like Angela Bassett. Oh yeah, Angela Bassett, Jennifer Lopez, mm-hmm. fucking. Uh, it used to be Cameron Diaz, right, but not right now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Selma Hayek. Uh, yeah. Oh my god, you got you, Nia Long. Nia Long, she's, she's fucking like almost fifty, I think. Yeah, she is. Uh, Gabriel Union, believe it. Gabriel Union's in her forties. She still look good. She looks. Oh my god. Um, Sanaa Lathan. Late oh my goodness! Yeah, that's a yeah. lot of them that take care that's, of themselves out there. Yeah, man. these older women are taking better care of themselves. So if you get with an older woman, you're getting a woman that is, you know, she's always her skin is always glowing. You know, mm-hmm. you know, just I don't know. Mm-hmm. More likely, she probably is more financially secure. When you're dealing with a lot of younger women, these women be all over the place. They got yeah. baby's daddy issues, yeah. and yeah. you know, all kind of shits going wrong. But mm-hmm. you get a chick. That's a little bit older. They got their shit in order. Yeah, because they went through all that shit when they were young. Yeah, they got careers and stuff like that. Most importantly, yeah. Now yeah. they just you know now they want to make a career out of <laughs> riding your face. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that was comedy. Yeah, shout they, out to all the cougars out there. Man. Shout out to the cougs. Yeah. All right, we move. gotta. I'd be thinking about all kind of merchandise and little quotes on shirts and stuff like that. Right? Yeah, I think that'd be something, something catered to the cougars. That'd right. be dope. You make like a, a a cougar. Like I don't know how you would make that theme. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, call it the Cougs. The Cougs. Coog Squad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Coog Squad in the building. <laughs> They'd be at the live show. Oh man, that'd be crazy! Yeah, that'd be dope. I'll be like, "Hey, uh, before we start this live show, hey Keith, can you run the store and get some condoms?" (laughs) (laughs) And then one of the girls, one of the one of the cougars, be like, "You don't need no condoms. (laughs) My tooth's been tied. (laughs) I'm going through menopause. (laughs) I'm having hot flashes, right?" (laughs) Oh no! Dang man! All right, moving on. Uh, indecisiveness. I think uh, you had brought this topic up earlier, so uh, go ahead and weigh on it. Now go ahead and uh, uh, talk about it after you. Oh, um, 
I don't really know uh, <laughs> what I'm supposed to say. All right, man. Because <laughs> you brought up something. Basically, you had a scenario of someone being indecisive. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, uh, I could, I, I could uh, like, well, essentially, I was, so I, the reason I knew that was because I was, so I'm writing this movie um, called The Field, and one of the characters in the movie is um, extremely insecure about his basketball skills. So, um, you know, and part of being a good basketball player is you have to be extremely confident. Exactly. Um, there's, you know, there's rarely any great athlete, let alone basketball player, that's, that lacks confidence. Um, so essentially what I did was I did a like a quick like Google search on like um, things that m- make people or I would say like, um, I don't know how you describe it, but things that people do that let you know that they are um they lack confidence. And one of the things was um indecisiveness. <clears throat> so I had it in a movie to where like the kid is supposed to be making a decision and he keeps going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And then he finally makes a decision. Um and so that's kinda how like I I learned about like this this idea that, you know, a person that's indecisive lacks confidence. So um but like you know what I'm saying? Like I feel like with the with this subject even I don't think I think we're all living in this like fake world of confidence. Right, exactly. Yeah. Agreed. So I think that even when it comes to these certain things, I think we should just fake it till we make it. You know what I mean? Like in a sense is like like you're saying, like if you don't actually know where you want to go on a date or you don't know, you don't know what you want to do or whatever, you, I feel like you should just make a decision because Right. Um, that fake confidence will in turn start turning into like a real, like a real thing eventually. I don't know. I, I'm kind of on the fence about that. Mm-hmm. Instead of fake it till you make it, I think you should face it till you make it. Yeah. I, I think that um, if you don't know what's going on, you should make a decision. And from that decision, you'll roll with it. If you fail, then you fail. But part of being indecisive is being afraid and, like you said, lacking confidence. Um, if shit doesn't work out, you just got to realize that fuck it, it ain't gonna work. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. If I if I say go here, I, I'm then and it doesn't work out, then I have to be okay with that if it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just indecisiveness in general is not going to get you very far in life at all. Yeah. yeah. Like if if you tell like just for example, I, we talked about being assertive with women earlier. And if you're let's say you you get through the first part, you're assertive. I want to take you here. Let's do this and do that. And then you follow it up with like, I don't know if I'll be, you know, I don't know if I'll look as good as you think I should look or no, that's, that's also lacking confidence. Um, or if you're like, what could I say? Indecisiveness. Oh, oh, actually we could go to this club instead of this one. This one might be better. And then you text her back 30 minutes later. Oh no, let's try this one. Yeah. So now she's thinking like, okay, I thought this guy was cool. Now he's a weirdo. And mm-hmm. now he doesn't know what he wants, mm-hmm. you know, and that's a huge turnoff. Yeah. But I think you could replicate those same bad qualities in life in many different scenarios. And in order to not in order to not fuck yourself over, make a decision and stand on it. Yeah. That's all you can do. Yeah. Yeah. I think um <clears throat> I I got it now. Go I know ahead. Ahead. I understand where this topic came from. So, um, <laughs> it took me a minute. Nigga been smoking too much weed. <laughs> but we were talking about, like, people changing career paths all the time, right? Right. So, like, one day, 
you know, you have someone, they want to be, you know, a nurse. And then the next day they want to be like a tattoo artist. And the next day they want to be like an Instagram model. And the next day oh it's just my like, God. it's always constantly changing um, their, their, their goals and like shifting, shifting the goalposts or whatever. Um, and like we said, it points to that, that lack of confidence. But like you said before, also, like you got to stand on something, dude. Like just make up your mind and give that whatever it is, 100%. If if you want to be an artist or if you want to make music, whatever it is, just give it 100%. Right. Because if you keep switching it, then you'll never know if you were if you're if you would would have been able to be successful at that thing. It's like. You know what I mean? Like if you wanted to, if you wanted to be a rapper, and you made, you know, you made five songs, and you realized nobody was listening to it, Ooh. and then you know you switched, and you're like, oh man, maybe I should just, you know, start a podcast or something. Maybe number ten, you would have caught on, and right. you know, you will never right. know now. You know what I mean? So, and and even out of those five, I'm sure there's one person, no matter how terrible you think you are, or whatever, they love your shit. Yeah, exactly. There was somebody that liked Blueface's music, the first song he dropped. Yeah. Nigga was rapping off beating everything and they was rocking with it. Yeah, back then he was way more off. <laughs> like, bust down thoughts. Bust down thoughts. Uh, yeah, feel me? People love that shit. Yeah. 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 You know, what I don't want to get caught up in doing is talking bad about an artist because we create a form of art, but it's, yeah. in, it's in conversation. He does it in music. I think that, I don't think that's talking bad. What? He raps off beat. Yeah, that's a fact, yeah, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This guy sounds like a bad episode of Sesame Street. <laughs> he's, a fu- he's hilarious, though. Like, I think his lyrics are hilarious. I think, I hope he intends for them to be funny. Um, but you know, <laughs> It's because hey. he's laughing like a yeah. boy. Yeah, man. Yeah. Plus, I think, you know, I can't really say it's because of my age because you're younger than me and you still are like, what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm not making an opinion on his music. I think nah. a lot of people like the song. I'll be hearing people listening to it. They try to say that about Dom too. Dom Kennedy, they say he's offbeat. Uh, on some of his newer stuff, he purposely was making that change. Yeah. I don't know. I would have to see what they're talking about, but yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I I do there is a um people said that about like uh E40 though. Yeah. Like, you know, a lot of his his older stuff he he would just be trying to fit too many words into like you know certain bars, yeah. But E40 is like a master rapper, so like there's some people that consciously do it, and then there's some people like Blueface who I feel like True. just you know just the beat be like with E40 be like dun 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 E40 be like itty bitty mighty mo because talking about his toe, because talk about his toe, man. Back in the day, I went to the corner store for my mom, and I got a piece of juice. You're like, damn. E4. Hey, you know the the um, you know E forty is like a a real OG in the game because you hear guys like Kendrick or uh, Nipsey like they would be referencing listening to E forty yes um, in their songs so that's how you know he's like a guy that we all grew up on and oh yeah you know, definitely still me still doing it still because me it. Kendrick Nip we all around the same age yeah you know uh, so yeah we definitely grew up on E forty I remember them days being like third fourth grade e40 yeah. bumping in the background yeah even i think we don't even <laughs> we don't get uh he doesn't get enough credit for um 
his independent like hustle, right? His business, his business acumen. Yeah, because yeah. we love Nipsey for the well. It goes beyond music. Why a lot of us love Nipsey, but E Forty was doing that shit in the eighties. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes, in the eighties for streaming. Crazy, yeah, selling music out his trunk. <clears throat> yeah, and he always has these like, like these uh, cameos and movies and stuff. Like, he just go in there and like. You know, he's really always himself, but, yes. you know, he always, it's always funny, though. Like, you know, I think. Don't lay a be. finger on my butterfinger, man. <laughs> What's up, my weevilizations? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And, you know, it's funny that we brought that, we kind of jumped off topic, but we brought up E40 and like Nipsey Hustle, but these guys, none of them were indecisive. They all made a conscious decision. They they had the foresight in the, in the, and uh, they were very strong-willed in knowing where they wanted to go, and they mm-hmm. made a decision, and they stuck with it. Yeah. So, yeah, it kind of goes back to that quote where he talked about like the only defining quality is like that I didn't like I never gave up. Yeah. Just kept at it, and yep. you know we be talking about it all the time, me and my friends. Like, you only fail if you you only fail if you quit. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So yeah. I, I was I, earlier. I was talking to um, I told Eddie this, but I was talking to Mercy Maston. He's a He's a guy. He just got a spot on the on the Philadelphia Eagles. Like a guy, you know, grew up with and played football with for years. And um, he's, I believe, he's turning twenty seven this year, like mm-hmm. later this year. And he's going to be a rookie in the NFL. Crazy. Yeah. So it's like I he, think it's awesome. He just kept grinding and grinding and grinding, and eventually he he got his he got a shot. So, I think it's awesome. Yeah, I think it's awesome. But that's I, that decisiveness, though. He mm-hmm. in his mind, he it never wavered. It never was like, man, maybe I should, you know, I could, I could coach right now. Like, yeah, I maybe should, this ain't for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was always like, man, I'm about to go to, the, I'm gonna go to CFL. I'm gonna go, you know, I'm gonna go to Boise State. This JUCO or you know, going to D1 out of high school didn't work. I'm gonna go JUCO. All right, leave JUCO. I'm gonna go to Boise State. All right, I'm not really starting here. People don't know what JUCO injured, means. Junior college. <laughs> You guys need to learn something, okay? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so go to junior college in Boise State. Boise State, I'm not really starting, but I'm still going to go to the pro day. I'm still going to have like crazy numbers comparable to, you know, first, second round draft picks. Boom. I don't get a spot on an NFL team. I'm going to go to the CFL. I get hurt. I'm still not going to quit. I'm going to come off of an injury and have like five interceptions and a bunch of tackles. And then, and then coming off of an injury, I'm going to get a spot in the NFL. That's crazy. So, it's a lot. Yeah. When you go through that much, I, here's the thing. The thing about Mercy is he's going out there against rookies, and these guys have no idea what he's been through. Yeah. That that fucking chip is going to be big on his shoulder, yeah. and Even he should guys play with that, it. He, he, we were talking about it. He's like, there's these guys. Um, you, you would think that everyone in the NFL or every professional, you would think that every professional at everything puts in the same amount of time, but that's completely false. Right. You know? Even for us, I'm sure there's some people that just show up to a podcast and mm-hmm. just talk. But even, you know, us, we, we put in a little bit more effort. We're True. studying throughout the week. We're kind of, you know, going back and forth about different topics. And then we come here and then we're able to put the work in. But he's like, but I was talking to him. He's like, you know, there's, there's guys that's like the guys, like, you know, all-stars and Pro Bowl guys that, you know, they may may miss the first day, may, you know, come in on the second day or something like that. And, you know, maybe a little bit out of out of shape when they first come to camp. And so, you know, with that, I'm just saying, like, he may have an advantage over even those people because physically he's in his prime. 
but also like he's just more dedicated than the average person. So, True. Yeah. True. He's yeah. been he's been through some shit, man. You yeah. you go through something like that, the, the you know you've had this subconscious battle with yourself, like. Mm-hmm. This ain't for me, man. I, I tried my best. I did pretty good. I should just quit. Yeah. You know, just go get a job. Oh, man, yeah. I should. And then, but it's something also inside of you like, wait, I'm not done yet. Mm-hmm. I'm still fast. I'm still quick. Yeah. I yeah. can still cover. Wait yeah. a minute. I'm better than this dude. I'm better than this dude. This dude going to go. If he going to go, I'm going to go. Yeah. You know, I'm better than him. Oh, they cut him. I knew I was better than him. Let me stay out here. Yeah. You know, you go through this battle, this constant battle of, you know, figuring out yourself. <clears throat> like, I go through a battle all the time. In regards to this podcast, because mm-hmm. you know I'm thinking like, man, by now we probably should have got this type of reception, or we should have did this. this, this, yeah. this, this, this. But I think to myself like, there's so much we still haven't done with this podcast. Yeah, this shit is about to blow. I'm telling yeah. you, this shit is going to blow. Yeah, and I'm saying that because I'm confident in it, and I know that we we still have things that we can do to grow the podcast. Mm-hmm. So we're doing damn good at, at the at the moment. Yeah, but I, th- I think the thing, one of the things I love about the internet age is that there are people that can shoot the right information to you at the right time. Right. So, you know, you hear a guy like Gary Vee, um, even he had a conversation with Nipsey Hussle. He was asking like how old or how old he was. I think at the time he was like 32. Yeah. And uh, he's like, dude, you're young. Yeah. Like you haven't even got started yet. In my mind, you know, like I I know now. Right. When I was 18, when I was 19, I'm like, I'm trying to fast track everything. Like, you know, when I'm 21, I got to have this. Or, you know, by the time I'm 23, I need I need a Tesla. I need all kinds, you know, whatever, whatever the, you know, the fancy car is what was at the time. I need a Cougar. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Cougar, Cougars was a real car, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember that back in the day. <laughs> yeah, it had nothing but a bunch of old, older, uh, older white women in there. <laughs> With some shades on. <laughs> But yeah, that I, that's the power of the internet, though, because I think one thing that I learned is that, um, is that there's you know you you can't really fast track everything. Everything's going to happen at the time it's going to. You know, God is going to put you know certain people or certain things in your life at the right time for you. Right. Um. So age is age is just it's just all relative. Like exactly. what we do. If it's sports, it's different. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you, you you know you have a physical prime and stuff like that. But intellectually, um, you're not going to slow down. So um, I think that, you know, me being 27 now, I feel like, you know, it's so many years ahead of me where I can make movies and I can, you know, make art and do podcasts and whatever. And, you know, like I, I was just saying that to say, like, um, the certain people on the Internet, they shoot you. You know, little nuggets right at the mm, moment you need nuggets. it. Nuggets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this nigga Eddie hungry. Go ahead, man. Yeah, I'm finished though. Okay. Um, in response to that, he just kind of just stopped. I kind of fucked him up, and then I wasn't ready to respond. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, ultimately, though, uh, regardless of what battles you have with yourself subconsciously like oh i don't know about this i'm not sure about this whatever you have to stand on something and you have to work for it mm-hmm. we've been standing on this podcast for 56 fucking weeks yeah i think we would have stopped this shit if we didn't not only if we didn't believe in it but if we were indecisive we'd have said maybe we should do something else maybe you should try something else like no you know i'm 34 years old and and it's crazy that i've it's not that i've been too indecisive about things is that I never 
I didn't put my foot down on something like this. Mm-hmm. I didn't even have a chance to be indecisive. As soon as I said, uh, uh, as soon as I said yes to Keith about the podcast, he was already cut on the way to the house. Yeah, like he was. He came over with everything. Yeah, I didn't even. We didn't even. When we started this shit, like it was such like a, a off the like just like it just happened so fast. Mm-hmm. I didn't even have an extra mic. Me and my, me and uh, uh, Keith did this podcast with one mic for I don't know for, <laughs> for a couple weeks. Yeah, I can't even imagine sharing a mic with you now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we did it with one mic. So some people's like some people listen to old episodes and they're like. Oh uh, man, what's what's going on? Like the audio was a little weird. It was a little, you know, the production wasn't as good, mm-hmm. you know. And maybe it wasn't, but there's always a starting point. Let let those very first episodes be the example of how far we've came. Yeah, yeah. And I'm glad we did those, man. Yeah. You look back at it, I'm just like, man, I sounded like I was fucking, like I had something wrong with me, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think that's that's the thing. You just got to start, man. Yeah. It's like. At the end of the day, the the quality is is never going to be perfect. No one has the budget starting out, unless you're you know you you come from wealth or whatever. But generally, the first you know go round at anything is just going to be the quality isn't going to be great, but the no. there's going to be potential in it. Definitely. Know? So you know, just I hang that, on to that potential. I think that the, your beginning work should never be better than what you're doing later. Yeah. You should always be get always be getting better. You should always make that gradual, Mm -hmm. you know, enhancement of you know content or whatever you're doing. Yeah. All right, man. Let's move on. Misrepresenting your family. Mm -hmm. A lot of people don't know what this means. Let me be very clear when I say this. If I have a wife, right? Let's say I'm married. I represent my wife, and vice versa. If I have kids, I represent my kids, and vice versa. And people don't realize this. They just think they could go throughout the world and do anything, and that's going to be okay. But what they don't realize is that if you're a mother and you're showing your tits on Instagram and you're showing your ass on Instagram, let's say you're married or you have kids. That's a poor reflection on your family. Yeah. Now your kids got to go to school, and they might have a kid that has a screenshot of their mom with their tits out. Mm-hmm. So you're providing jack off material to kids mm-hmm. and they're fucking teasing, making fun of your kids. You just thought about yourself. You didn't realize who you were representing. You never even gave a fuck. Yeah. If you're a man and you're cheating on your on your wife, mm-hmm. you're making her look stupid behind her back. You know, all these women know that you're fucking all kind of chicks behind her back. She's out here out in the world trying to be a good woman and you got her looking stupid. Yeah. Because you misrepresented your wife. And if your kids and your parents are great parents. They're doing their best to raise you. They're they're buying you stuff. They're treating you great. But you tell your parents to fuck off and you steal from stores and you do dumb shit. That's a poor reflection on your parents because mm-hmm. it's making your parents look like they didn't raise you right. Mm-hmm. So it, it's all full circle. We have to take into account who we're representing because believe it or not, we all represent somebody. Yeah. I think back to how uh, Nipsey Hussle's mom she went viral a couple times just saying like basic stuff about her kid but in that they were they were like really poignant and she was just you know she was just essentially like glorifying her son and talking about the accomplishments that he that he had made in in his in his short stint here on earth and i think that's how any of us should want to go out you know what i mean that's right. that's part of that you know being cognizant of who you're representing um, outside of yourself. Exactly. And I remember, 
you know, when we were playing, when I played football at the junior college, one of the coaches was saying, um, play for the name on the front of the jersey, not the name on the back. So mm. it's kind of like, you know, obviously your last name represents your actual family. Mm-hmm. But if you think about that, that first name, I mean, the, the, you know, on the, on the front of our jersey, it said Bakersfield. So, or Bakersfield College on the front of it, mm-hmm. which essentially means we're representing, you know, the 300,000 people that are, um, you know, walking around Bakersfield. Right, right. So, um, so that's the idea, you know, just think of that, you know, imagine that name on the front of a jersey as, as your family and the people, your family, your friends, and the people that you associate with. Um, and you just want to, you want, you want to represent them well. You don't want to be the guy that has, you know, rumors circulating about them or, exactly. you know, just a messy person on social media. You want to be a person that um, when you're not around and you're nowhere near a conversation, people are bringing up your name in a good light. Like, hey, these guys are, you know, they're doing good in the community. They're out there doing their thing. They're doing videos. They're doing podcasts. They're exactly. Doing, you know, you know, radio and whatever, whatever the case may be. Um, because you don't, you know, you just don't want, you don't want that narrative going around about you. And no. even if there is some sort of narrative, it, it'll get shut down quick by the positivity. You know right. I mean? Yeah. So exactly. Another thing too. <laughs> this this is fucking ironic. I don't know why I never thought about this. Keith has the same name as his dad, and I have the same name as mine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so you're a third, right? Yeah, I'm the third. Yeah. Yeah. So Keith, if it's it's crazy. If mm-hmm. that name pop, he has a we both have very distinct last names, mm-hmm. like McGee mm-hmm. and Fingers. Mm-hmm. That is like, and it's black guys. Like that is the <laughs> most. That is the most like distinct last names. You do some dumb shit. You do some shit that's gonna make your family look bad. It's gonna come right back on you. It's gonna, yeah. your, and your, all your family's gonna be like, I don't get it. Like I never thought Keith would do something like this. I don't understand. Yeah. You know, or like Eddie, I never thought he would do something like I don't yeah. understand. That's happened before. My mom has been at work, and I was in the newspaper during the voting season last summer. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I forgot when it was, but I think it was last summer. The only way I can know like what season it was is if I was sweating or not. <laughs> I could distinctively remember like sweating and stuff like that. But so I was in a newspaper and they asked me a couple questions about like voting and stuff. And I just said like, Hey, you know, voting is important, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, my mom or somebody at her job was like, do you know who Keith fingers is? And she was like freaking out. Like, Oh my God. Like what, <laughs> you know, thinking the worst automatically. Yeah. And then she was like, Hey, your son is in the newspaper. Uh, and you know, I was just talking about voting and stuff. So it was like a sign of relief. But that that just goes right. to show you that, like, you know, your name is out there. Like mm-hmm. people will see whatever you're doing. So. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And and the thing about it too is, is like you, you like what you talked about. You got to know who you're representing as well. Mm-hmm. Like if you work for a major corporation, and let's say you work for I don't know Taco Bell, and mm-hmm. then you're you know instead of like making you know. Uh, uh, being on a commercials and speaking well of Taco Bell and eating tacos in public. Yeah. You know, you're like, Taco Bell made me shit my pants. You know? <laughs> Taco Bell makes your stomach hurt. Don't yeah. eat this shit. And it's like, how can you represent this large corporation and down them at the same time? Yeah. Like, people aren't going to take you seriously. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not, they're going to, they're going to, actually, they're going to look at Taco Bell and say, maybe they do make them shit your pants. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You know that um, we've seen countless times 
celebrities losing endorsements. Oh yeah, and that's definitely. Partly because they weren't representing the the brand well. Right. You know? So they might have been doing something stupid. And sometimes what happens is if if it could even be a false allegation about something like you know um, they could say like James Harden slapped somebody. It's rumors that he slapped somebody. Uh huh. And if they're like investigating it and it's going to court and teams he has it everywhere, mm-hmm. then he could get dropped by like whatever he's with the Adidas or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's like it's kind of fucked up, but it's like yo, like you represent us, yeah. Like you got to realize, I, yeah, we gave you two hundred million dollars or whatever the endorsement deal is, but you represent us, and we don't want to be affiliated with people that do shit like that. Yeah, you know. Yeah, like that. Go ahead. That's interesting. That uh, there was a there was um. Dr. Boyce Watkins, he's a super bright guy. He he talks about like uh, economics and financial literacy, and mostly associated with the black community. And he was talking about how Nike stayed down with Tiger Woods, like through all like. And you got to think like, I'm sure there was some some companies that would have dropped him, but all he basically did was like cheat on his wife. I'm pretty sure like women are not gonna like what you just said. I'm, that's no reason to get dropped from a brand, though. True. Yeah, that's like that's overboard. But basically, Nike stayed down with him. You know, he kind of battled through his trials and tribulations, and th- there's a payoff now because they kind of stayed down. Wow, that is a down fucking great point. Yeah. Damn, because he won the Masters mm-hmm. after all that shit after mm-hmm. fucking all those porn stars. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, man. Yeah. His wife. His wife was actually pretty hot. But yeah. he was fucking. He was going wild, bro. He was fucking he had a porn lot stars. Of girls. He's fucking all of them, and he was he getting was DUIs, getting DUIs, and everything. They said that DUI that he got was because he had took the pill, like one of those painkiller pills, and that um, he wasn't dry. He he didn't drink alcohol and drive. He, he was just impaired. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tiger was on some Molly. <laughs> That's all it was. It was just some shit. Yeah. Yeah. Remember that song back in the day? Molly. Molly. Yeah, Molly. And, uh, Wiz Khalifa. Yeah. yeah. That's oh, funny. Man. I feel like one of those kind of songs wouldn't age well. N- fuck no. <laughs> you hear that now? Like, nigga, what were we what listening you to? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Your kids would be like, you listen to this shit? <laughs> There's a girl I used to go to the high school with back in the day. When that song came out, I used to always put it on her wall. She'd be like, we get, I get it, man. Yeah, I get her it. name is Molly. Yeah, her name is yeah, Molly. Yeah. Molly. <laughs> yeah, it's not cool. But yeah, you get the point. Yeah. Uh, misrepresenting your family or people who, um, I won't say rely on you, but. Yeah. Rep- people who represent you as well. Yeah. You, know, you wouldn't want your wife making you look stupid. You wouldn't want your kids making you look stupid. Yeah. You know, you wouldn't want your job talking bad about you. So be be aware that you represent more than just yourself when you're out in the world. Yeah, man. And, you know, yeah, like you said, like even even outside of this podcast, if someone sees me on the street, I'm representing like Finesse Entertainment. I'm representing the Trucker's Mind podcast. So, you know, you got to be conscious of that. You know, just just walk around like you literally have like a billboard on you. You know what I mean? Right. Or walk around like you're a walking uh, commercial or reality TV. Um, obviously, that that's kind of a weird reference, but that Definitely. same like idea of there's always a camera. There's always somebody watching you. There's always a camera. TMZ. Yeah, there's always TMZ. <laughs> <out there. laughs> TMZ yeah. catch you in the worst moments. Yeah, you taking a you in the bathroom. Who's paying, 
Like, who's paying you motherfuckers <laughs> to catch me? <laughs> what's up, Eddie? Eddie? Hey, how you feel about Joe man? Rogan bashing you on this podcast? You be like, like Joe Rogan didn't say anything about me. And then they play the clip. And then Joe Rogan be like, yeah, man, Eddie's just a fucking idiot, man. I don't get Eddie, man. Joe Rogan, is, Joe Rogan, when he doesn't like somebody, he will fucking go in on them. Yeah. He's like, look, you know what, man? That guy's he's a moron. He's a fucking moron. He's a pussy. Okay? You're like, God damn, Joe Rogan yeah. called me a pussy, man. Yeah. I don't want to fight this guy. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, man. Yeah. Oh, hey, I had a, uh, I just said, sell this, well, not sell this joke, but mm-hmm. I had a joke kind of about TMZ, like when they, like they walk up on celebrities, mm-hmm. like they walk up on a guy like Usher and they will ask him the most bold questions. Yeah. Like, hey, Usher, hey, how you doing? He was like. How y'all doing, man? <laughs> is it true you have herpes? Is it true you have herpes, man? Hey, they're, they're saying you got herpes, man. They're saying you got it. And he's like, hey, God bless y'all, man. So do you have bumps on your dick? Is that true? You got bumps on your dick? Do you got they bumps always on? try to like reshape the question. Yeah, yeah, so is it true what they say? Are you really itching? Is it you itching really bad? Are you using the cream? Are you putting cream on that? Do you have a pussy discharge coming out of your cock? Is, is, that, that? is that what you got? Is that what you got, huh? And they're always excited, too. <laughs> and then Usher finally get on the plane. Hey, man, thanks for the interview, man. All right. Have a good one, man. You got bumps on your dick? <laughs> oh, it's comedy. You got to use that, man. Yeah, all right. right. Moving on. Um, why, do, why does black America have the lowest net worth? Mm. Yeah, this is just so many different angles, like so many yeah. different like layers to this. Kind of, kind of go into that, like the way you describe it a little bit. So it's like, essentially, you know, everyone knows what a net worth is, right? Yeah, yeah. Net worth is just the total. Was it the, the the cash value? Yeah, and then all the assets that you have. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, whether it's your car, your house, you know, your flat screen TV, whatever it is. Yeah, whatever. Just possessions whatever yeah. monetary mm-hmm. things that could be stocks broken yeah. th- things that be broken down into monetary value mm-hmm. um they did a study i mean keep seeing it i just was mind blown it was in boston that the uh the uh, the white american households well in boston mm-hmm. it was two hundred forty seven thousand dollars, and blacks in boston was eight dollars that that's was, that don't even that, don't that sound sounds real. like that doesn't even sound real. Yeah, you know. But yeah. let's break it down here the best way we can, and we're we're trying to be as non-biased as possible because we're both black. So yeah, we're painting a picture with mostly facts, and then also like shared experiences from you know. That's to that though. It seems that um, obviously, if it was just a, a flat-out net worth, that would mean that the only thing that that person owns is probably like one pair of clothes. Right. <laughs> that would be like a net worth of $8 or they got $6 in a bank account and like right. know, a couple hand-me-down clothes. It's kind of hard to buy that. Yeah. But, you know, part of that could be they, um, they are probably in debt somehow. Deducting all of it. Yeah. Negative, negative, you know, I don't know, like student, I don't know. that I don't think they have student loans. But if that was the case, maybe like student loans, mm-hmm. 30000 in student loans. And, yeah. you know, I don't know. Yeah. But I'm I'm, sh- I'm curious to see what that breakdown is like. like yeah. What, what There's so many ways that they come up with these statistics that yeah. I'm, I'm kind of mind blown. My mm-hmm. thing is this. It's it's obviously, it's, it's substantially lower 
Yeah. You know, it's pretty fucking obvious. But, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> even, even, uh, the average white person having two hundred and forty-seven thousand—that's like, a lot. That, that's a lot of money, bro. Yeah, that's a lot of money. But it's Boston, so I don't know what that really means. Yeah. What's the value of two hundred forty-seven thousand dollars in Boston? What? How is that? How is well, that? You got to think. California? We live in California, right? The cost of living here is ridiculous. Yeah. So what is it in Boston though? New York and California are the you know probably the most expensive places to live. Mm-hmm. So. I'm saying that two hundred forty-seven thousand there can go much farther than that's a good you point. Know, it can in California. That's a good point. Yeah. All right, we'll go to the you know as close as we can to the origin of why this is a definitely a possibility. Mm-hmm. Uh, more than that, uh, one of them is uh, uh, what's called redlining. Uh, yeah. Redlining was implemented in God. I can't give you the exact date, and I feel like a numb nut. But mm-hmm. <laughs> it was basically put in place when. Um, was it FDR was president? Mm-hmm. I think it was, and it basically wanted to it wanted to uh, empower people to uh, get like home loans, but it, it it took the demographic like it took it took like a certain area where it took like uh, uh, they basically categorize these areas as like one being high crime, mm-hmm. um, uh, p- uh, immigrants and Negroes. This is the real text. Yeah, um, another one would be like. Um, like blue collar workers. Yeah. Another one would be like um, some is like one of them was like a depreciating. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, a depreciating depreciating zone. Mm-hmm. They basically they broke up these areas into different zones, mm-hmm. and they labeled these areas, and they gave people home loans based on who was more likely to uh, 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 be good on these loans that were given to them, mm-hmm. right? And they did a study later on that showed that people that were in these lower areas or what they considered uh, people that were high risk for giving them home loans were not actually more likely to default on their loan. But it just happened to be Hispanic or uh, immigrants or low class whites or uh, Negroes. Yeah. So they would not give these people. They would not empower these people. There was no factual evidence to show that. They were less likely to pay their bills back. Exactly. Yeah. There was no evidence, but uh, what ended up happening is is they ended up keeping them in those zones, which is referred to as redlining, mm-hmm. and it was another form of basically just another form of segregation. Mm-hmm. So this is what this is why ghettos exist. Ghettos exist because once they given they basically empowered, and most of those ninety eight percent of people approved for home loans back then were. White, ninety-eight percent. Let me say that again: ninety-eight percent were white. So what ended up happening is um, these areas were flourishing. You know, their big businesses are being drawn to better areas. That's in any doesn't matter what city you live in. um, When there is a more affluent area that is predominantly white, it's not because these are white neighborhoods and why why they you know have so much money and stuff going through them. It's because they're more funded. Yeah. So since the beginning of time, things that were put in place back before the '60s have affected now. Yeah. You know because areas that are not that are not funded, the schools aren't funded, so the education is is significantly less the teachers yeah. don't want to be there they get paid less yeah let's use bakersfield for example right 
You think about schools that are in lower areas, such as you know, wait before before you before you get on the school subject. Hold the thought, because I wanted to let people know that generally the most valuable asset that a person have is their home. Right. So, because that only two percent of Black people, or even if it was, um, we don't know the percentage of Black people that were approved for loans. We only know that ninety eight percent of white people were approved for loans. Right. So within that, you know, two percent plus or minus whatever. Um, because none of them owned homes or they weren't able to be approved for loans, that in turn diminishes their net worth right off the bat. Exactly. Yeah. So. Exactly. Yeah. Because you have nothing, you have nothing to leverage. Yeah. You know, you, in order for you to have some form of wealth, you can, <clears throat> and that's another thing. If you have a home, you know, you can leverage that and say, I want to put my home up to do this. Yeah. You can, you can, um, uh, add things to your home to increase the value of mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Increase the resale value. Yeah. Um, all kind of things. When you don't have a home, you can't do that. Yeah. Um, and be- I was getting into the schools. Yeah, go. Uh, any area. Uh, let me try to use Beggarsville as an example. I-, mm-hmm. I mean, I guess you can say like East High. Mm-hmm. Um, if you look around the surrounding areas, there's are some areas around it that aren't very bad. But then there's areas on the other side that are really bad. And yeah. the houses are, you know, very like dilapidated. I believe that's the word. Um, <laughs> <laughs> broke down. Yeah. Um, they're they're they're. Now they've got funds going into the school. They got a big fence around it and stuff. They've done some renovations there, but yeah. typically it's a low low income area. Yeah, you see a lot of the area surrounding it is trash everywhere and stuff like that. And they say, "Oh, well, these people don't take care of their neighborhood. That's why nobody wants to give them money." And I think that's false. I think that it's become an attitude and more of a mental disease that these people have not been funded or treated with the same amount of respect as people in these higher income areas. So the people that live in these areas don't even give a fuck about it anymore. Yeah. You notice when you go to more high income areas, um, you know, they tend to be more well kept up. Yeah. Um, you don't really see trash and shit everywhere. And they say, oh, that's because these people respect where they live. And it's not that they've just embodied the attitude of living in that area. Mm-hmm. So they want to keep it up because they're getting all they're getting a surplus yeah. of funding coming into these places. Yeah. If you live in the hood, you're never going to see certain places like a, a Jamba Juice in the hood. You're never going to see that. Yeah, yeah. You're never going to see. Um, you're never going to see a lot of different establishments that you would see in a predominantly white area. And here's the thing: a Target. Yeah, you're not going to see a Target in the hood ever. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> you're never going to see it. Mm-hmm. And they talk about, uh, especially the, about a lot of black and brown people having uh, issues with like. A high blood pressure and heart disease and all these things and it's significantly higher than whites and and the reason why that is is because a lot of it is education based and also income based mm-hmm. cheaper foods cost less but they're more unhealthy for you yeah so you're getting a bunch of sodium you're getting a bunch of fat you're getting a bunch of bullshit mm-hmm. and also in these areas they tend to be further away from stores like there's so many different layers to this that yeah. we would be here all day yeah um but yeah, it's crazy, man. A lot of people that live in lower income areas don't even know how to eat healthy at all mm-hmm. just because they don't have the education. But it seems like people in more higher income areas are more empowered when they open up uh, they open up a Sprouts or they open up a fucking um, a Whole Foods. You never see a Whole Foods in the hood. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> you're never going to see these things. All they got in the hood is liquor stores. That's it. Yeah. So the only thing you getting served in the hood is death. Bruh, <laughs> seriously, man. Yeah, dude. Yeah, it's you know it's one it's one of those things where 
uh, we're kind of getting straying away from the network thing, but no, the, it's all, it's all, it's all. Yeah, but but what I'm trying to say is that, um, like you said, we we don't even understand what healthy food is until you you kind of stray outside of the hood a little bit. You know what I mean? True. We we grow up eating pork and you know all this you know meat from these unkept farms and yeah you know i seen uh i was watching some documentary on netflix and it had um like there was like these cows that had died or something like that and or i think they i think pigs had somehow the pigs died and they piled them all up into a little a little tank or a car or little uh trailer or whatever Mm -hmm. And then they grinded all the, they grinded all the pigs up, and then they fed them to the live pigs. Oh fuck! Yeah, Fucking cannibal pigs. Yeah. So it's like this is this is what we're eating. Pork on pork crime. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look. So, um, but yeah, but and then all that stuff goes to the uh, the stores that provide the the uh, the cheapest food. You know exactly. What I mean? uh-huh. And then we get food stamps. That's the only thing, you know, you want to stretch your food stamps out so you're going to get the beef or the pork or whatever that's the lowest so you can, you know, stretch the food out to support, you know, the however many kids and your family and stuff. So it's just a whole it's cycle. A it's a cycle. Uh, yeah. It's a huge cycle. Yeah. It's crazy, man. Yeah, it's and, crazy. Um, sometimes mm-hmm. I have, uh, like, um, conversations with my, my cousin a lot. And he was he's a person that, you know, he kind of went off to college and college – changed his thought process um so now he he rarely eats like you know like some of the food tastes good you know what i mean the 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 beef that you know is unkept and yeah yeah, yeah. we don't know how yeah it got to our plate or whatever um some of it just tastes good but for the most part um he's a person that he tries to grow his own tomatoes you know he makes sure he you know he buys certain organic foods and stuff like that because you know, he was he's just he was just always more aware of how the food was made yeah. than most other people, you know. Sure. Yeah. I'm trying to tie all this in together fast because they've been listening to us and we just want to narrow it down. Mm-hmm. Basically, it's almost like a blind leading the blind situation because yeah. the people who were never empowered to actually have their own property are now raising children and don't know how to tell them those children are getting older and they don't know how to tell them yeah. those children are getting older. They don't know how to tell them. You have generations of people who don't have knowledge in regards to uh, owning property or owning something that's going to rise their net worth. So in turn, you can't, you can't, your net worth's going to be low. You don't have anything to hang your hat on. Yeah. You know, and to this day, a lot of neighborhoods were very segregated as a comp- as a country. Yeah. So you, it's no such thing as white neighborhoods. There's no such thing as that. It just happened to be that the way the racial climate of this country back then has affected us all the way to now. You you ever thought um <clears throat> you we would you know us going to Bakersfield mm-hmm. High School, mm-hmm. you know there's uh it's a huge uh melting pot there. Definitely. You know, a bunch of rich there's rich white people, there's mm-hmm. poor white people, there's mm-hmm. you know black people with a little bit of wealth, there's mm-hmm. you know. And we would always be like, "Dang, man." Like Dude, you like we'd always tell the the white kids on the team like, dog, you rich, you got your own car, you got on this, um, and they'd be like, no, I'm not even rich, dude. Like I'm not rich. Like you know, I just have like twenty bucks in my pocket or whatever. Exactly. But thinking back at it now, knowing the actual net worth 
um, the, the gap in between the net worth between mm-hmm. like our families and their families. Mm-hmm. It's just like baffling to me. Astronomical. Like, yeah, it's just crazy. Like they would pull up in cars. Mm-hmm. We walk into school. Exactly. Or, you know, they would get, you know, pretty much any. They always had lunch money. We're eating school lunch. Yeah. Just if you think about just the amount of money that they spent every day on lunch. Um, yeah. And how much we didn't spend because we were getting free lunch. It just it's that's even crazy to me. Yeah. This the the wealth gap is crazy. Yeah. But my thing is this is I'm not gonna sit here and like, you know, shame white people like this is, you know, this is your fault, blah, blah, blah. This shit happened so long ago that in order to rewrite it, you would have to turn the world upside down. Yeah. Like this it's the the government did this shit. It's yeah. I think too, it's all about information. Exactly. Because we know it now. Like I had no idea that that was this statistic existed when I was in high school. Me neither. Um, but now that I know it, I know that I can work towards changing that. Exactly. You know I mean? So likewise, man. Mm-hmm. You know, and my thing is I can't add to the black family statistic because I mean I don't have kids and I'm not married. Yeah. Um, but the thing about it is is let's say for example and this is this is the crazy thing. Let's say, for example, somehow um, I get in a relationship and I marry a white woman, and she comes from a family that 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 had a net worth of like seven hundred and fifty thousand mm-hmm. dollars, and then you just got me, and then it like it just flips, it turns the whole net worth up. Mm-hmm. But then let's say I date uh, um, a Latina or black woman, and they come from you know they don't come from that privileged tax yeah. bracket yeah you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. i just think that we have enough information now that we can we can grow our own net worth yeah you know we have the information now a lot of people still don't have it there are people younger than me and keith or older than us that still don't they still stuck in that same cycle yeah you know working and the thing about it too is what keeps the wealth gap so far as the people that live in these areas they're okay with working a job at walmart yeah they're okay with working a job at wherever else you know a low level place but in actuality like they're not getting the most out of themselves because they don't believe in themselves it's it's turned into like a like i said a mental disease or yeah. a condition mm-hmm. where you don't see more out of yourself because when you live in the hood you don't you don't know that you could be worth three million dollars yeah you don't realize that you're just in, you're in your you're stuck in your circumstances or in your in your current situation and you don't even know a way out yeah like you don't even know so mm-hmm. That's an unfortunate thing. Yeah. It's tough too. And we know these people. We're, we're yeah. related to these people. Oh yeah. Yeah. I was I was definitely one of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that, you know, it's it's just unfortunate, man. I, like you said, I think a lot of us don't know our power or our potential. And I think we we've had the benefit of growing up in the internet age where a lot of this information is at the tip of our fingers. Yeah. But also too, I feel like if you if you did want to go out and find out whatever, um, you could find it out. You just have to talk to people. Yeah. You know, you gotta all this information is in a book. The crazy thing is like, um, I've had, you know, throughout my life all kind of people older than me, whatever, telling me all these ideas that they wanted to do. Yeah, yeah. Like my grandma was a person that was like, Yeah, I wanna start a food truck or I wanna start a laundry business or I want to start. Never happened. Yeah, all these things, yeah. And um, they never happened. And the crazy thing is, if she would have drove two miles to the um, the the library, 
checked out a book on how to start a business or checked out a book on, you know, cookbook or whatever. Like yeah. She could have brought that information home and she could have started her business the exactly. next year. But, you know, for whatever reason, I think a lot of us have these ideas that never, ever come to life. Well, it's know? not just ideas. We don't have generational wealth. Yeah. And with, with generational wealth comes information. So if you're a person, let's say, for example, you happen to be white. And I'm not trying to shame white people, okay? Let's just be very clear. All right. <laughs> I don't think you can let's shame say, them for having money. No, 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 no. But let's say your uncle, your uncle's been running a successful business for the last 38 years, and he's like, hey, so Jake, so what are you planning on doing? He's like, ah, I don't know. I, I'm, I got some money saved up in my 401k. I got this, that, and the third. He's like, all right, so this is what you do to diversify that. Send this here, this here, this here, this here, and I can help you get a startup company. Yeah. So what happens is, is in the, in the white community, I'm not saying all of them, but a lot of them have more information on how to start up businesses and companies and how to yeah. actually invest. Yeah. But when you grow up in in a in a poor uh, in a poor area that that has a very low net worth, people in there do not know how to fucking make money. We they do not. Yeah. They don't invest and they don't save. They don't invest. They don't save. Their their whole idea of money is completely different. Yeah. So you can't go up to a person in poverty and say, just save your money and you can get out of the hood. You can't yeah. say that because yeah. they're not even making enough money to go anywhere, not even yeah. across the street. But but um, that that's part of it. But part of it is that we don't, like I said, we don't save money. So the, the black dollar only stays in six our community minutes. for six minutes, right? Yeah. So you, like, I, I, I think I told this story before. Um, I was hanging out with some of my friends. One of my friends got like, he got a few hundred bucks from somebody um, during during tax season, and he. <laughs> this all happened within a matter a matter of like five ten minutes. He got his he got the money. It was probably like two hundred dollars, one hundred fifty dollars, or something like that. And we were we were in a store. He got the money, and he was already about to spend the money. Like <laughs> literally, it got in his hand. He walked in the store. He's like, "Dang, I need to buy this. I need to buy it. I need to buy it." And that's like, you know, that's just a microcosm of like our community. Yes, like, we get our checks. Um, like <laughs> I, I see whenever I like because I still have to physically pick up my check, and just seeing how long that line is. And a lot of, you know, a lot of those people are black and brown people. Um, just seeing how long that line is lets me know. And this, so we, we have to physically pick up our checks and there's only like a two hour window after we all get off of work. So I work at school. So all of us have to pick up our check from a certain location, right? So all the schools, you know, all the workers from all the different schools have to come pick up their checks at a certain location. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But just the, how long that line is, lets me know that um, our community is struggling, right? Definitely. Because me, like, I don't want to wait in that line, but some people have to have their check on that same day or else, you know, their lights might go off. Right. Their car might get repoed, whatever. Right. Like, I've, I've, like, I'd be hearing, overhearing people standing in line sometimes, 
and they just you know having these different conversations about you know like dang i need my money right now like i gotta mm-hmm. go as soon as i leave here i gotta go here i gotta pay the babysitter i gotta right. do, you know all kind of stuff so right it's just crazy man and especially people in low poverty they're they're in the poverty or stricken areas they are more used to living paycheck to paycheck yeah and i think that that is dangerous because if anything happens to that check you're fucked yeah. And, and if you have savings, let's say, for example, you lose your job and you're like, fuck, I lost my job. What am I going to do? That's yeah. the I, that's how you feel when you don't have any savings, you don't have anything going on. Uh-huh. But when you saved a little bit of money and let's say you lose your job, you're like, damn, I lost my job. Let yeah. me take, you know, let me take a two week vacation and I'll start looking again. Yeah. You, you have a different idea like you have a different view on life when you're ready for shit to go wrong. Yeah. But when you grow up in an area that does not have information, like my dad never taught me about financial, like any, he didn't have any financial literacy Yeah. and he didn't teach me about credit. I had to learn all that shit on my own. Yeah. Yeah. I love my dad to death. It's not a knock on him, but he didn't know anything. Yeah. And it's because unfortunately his grandmother didn't know anything. And then before and him, before she, it in, they didn't yeah. know anything. Yeah. So when people make these statements, the black dollar is low. I heard somebody say, the reason why the net worth is so low in the black community is because they need to get jobs. I'm like, uh, you know, there's a lot more of this. There's yeah. a very uh, deep story yeah. 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 linked to that. Like, that's yeah. it's not just some cut and dry. Even, even there's, it's not even about jobs. It's like, it's so much more that... Um, credit scores exactly that could be that could be two people working this working there could be two you know people working at mcdonald's and there could be a, a white that like for instance there's a uh there's a a white lady that works at the school she's a janitor yeah um and then there's a couple other janitors a couple hispanic people or whatever the white lady drives like a nice tahoe nice mm-hmm. nice suv is probably maybe a couple years old yeah, but I'd be seeing some of the other cars from the janitors. It'd be like Hondas, Hondas with like all kind of little, little stickers and emblems on them. Um, but none of the none of the other people's cars look as good as hers, and that's because you know that's part of this you know the statistic. She has, I'm sure, her net worth for whatever reason through whether it's heritage or you know, incorp- in, uh, inheriting properties or whatever it is. You know, she's working at the job. Two people are working at the job, but their net worths are completely different. Yeah, but the net worth is not always from inheritance. It can a lot of times just be from knowledge. That's that's part of an inheritance. So, yeah, you know, that's true. Mm-hmm. Inheritance of knowledge, mm-hmm. where you know, more or less, she was she had some type of information passed down. Yeah, and I think that the information passed down from our parents directly. Mm-hmm. There's a there, there's that, and there's a huge correlation between how successful we can be. Yeah, because, you know, a lot of times if you're not successful and you just keep on failing and you see a lot of your friends starting to to grow and you're like, man, how are they doing this? You have to have that spark within you to make that change or it's not going to happen. Yeah. You know, and it's just one of those things. And the the wealth gap is real. You know, Mm -hmm. and they talk about, you know, there's no privilege in this country. There's no this. There's no that. At the end of the day, we have to understand what that means. Privilege doesn't mean that somebody is racist. It doesn't mean that you're racist because you have a privilege. It just means that the way that the world works is you look at how the laws were set up to where 98% of home home loans were given to white and not black people. Yeah. And that's not your fault, but it fucking happened. Yeah. And it happened. And that type, those type of things that 
that take place can affect the, the whole scope of the world for the next yeah. 75, 80 years. Yeah, another thing too, I was um, listening to another podcast and they were talking about how the um, the the appraisals for properties owned by different ethnicities differ based on strictly their race. Yes, it's yeah. a real thing. So, you know, part of that, you know, that, that gap in net worth could simply be like, obviously, like, you know, different jobs, whatever, that's like uh, uh, a, a tangible thing. Exactly. But the fact that a black person's house could get um, appraised lower because they're black. This is absurd. Yeah. You know, that just, that kind of goes into that whole. It, it's absurd. Yeah. I think that's why I get a little frustrated, especially now at the age of 34, when I listen to, uh, listen to some rap song. And they they talking about they got bling and they got jewelry they got this they got that well you got it because you made it rapping but it's almost like you need to change the message because I think that one of the most influential things in the black community is music yeah and I think that it's contagious and I think that if people want to look successful more than be successful I'd rather be the guy wearing a raggedy t shirt but I own fucking land and I own five houses yeah. than yeah. the motherfucker that's wearing a gold chain and a gold yeah. grill in his mouth. Yeah. You know, I think that that's why I love Nipsey Hussle. Nipsey yeah. Hussle used to say shit like, I've been in escrow two times, both commercial units. And it's like, I who was with, saying that? I mess with Rick, Rick Ross because he teaching wealth. Yeah, like how many artists yeah. are saying that? Yeah. And I think that you got to change the message because there is a there is a disparity in the wealth. There's a disparity and a huge wealth gap. And a lot of that is due to not having the knowledge. Yeah. But we have it now. We have the internet. And I think yeah. that we're... I think as just as a culture, we're having less and less of an excuse. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, there is a real excuse. And that is due to the fact that there were really things put in place to yeah. stop black home ownership. Yeah. If you don't believe anything me and Keith are saying, you think we're rambling, please go to Google and go to YouTube and look up redlining. Yeah. If you look up redlining and put in like redlining and explained, it will show you exactly what that means. Yeah. And if you ever notice, like, if you ever went into your black friend's house and you're like, wow, they live in this apartment complex? I seen rats and there's roaches here. What's going on? Yeah. It's not because it's not because they gave up on life. Some people are lazy and some people suck. Yeah. But I know a lot of people that I grew up with that grew up in the hood that had good parents and stuff. They just didn't have no money. But even with that, dude, the person that owns that building is a millionaire. Right. It's just like, this is crazy. It's just, yeah, man. You, you got to figure out how to be the man. And, and not be the man that's getting shitted on. I think uh, back to that music point, though. Imagine if Old Town Road had like nuggets in it about like financial literacy. Yeah, but it doesn't. No, I'm just saying like <laughs> that. That I'm gonna close number, that scroll on the ghost. <laughs> yeah, but the number one song in the country, like you know, all everyone in the world is listening to it. Right. But they had you know some like. If um, whatever Nipsey Hussle song that has all kind of like lyrics about like, you know, whatever is the number one song in the country. Like right. More people can hear that. More people are in tune like, oh, snap. Like maybe I should try to own, you know, maybe I should try to buy the plaza in my, you know, city or I think something like that. I think I think that a lot of times there's you probably I've, I've came across m many black people that have said, man, I want to own this. Or I want to do this. I want to do this. And they never fucking did it. And yeah. I think it just came from them not even knowing where to look. Yeah. Not even having an idea where to go. Yeah. But I think Nipsey was the type of dude that went out and got that information. 
Yeah. And he was a and before he died, he was a part investor slash owner in a Las Vegas resort. Mm-hmm. Like this motherfucker was make he was closing in on big deals. Yeah. This wasn't some random thug rapper that people try to reduce him to being. This dude was this dude redeemed himself and was empowering people and was buying property and and setting people up long term. He was creating a bridge between uh, Silicon Valley and the inner city because he wanted these kids to have the same opportunities and the same knowledge as people in Silicon Valley. Mm-hmm. So he realized the disparity in information and access. So he created these channels, yeah. which I think is awesome. Yeah. It's, and you don't realize like education can actually increase your net worth. Yeah. In general. That's, you know, shout out to uh, Kevin Edwards. I was right. watching a video or one of his blogs. And uh, he he's starting to post more and more about his his um, his real estate investments and stuff. And one of the videos, he was like, "Yeah, a lot of people are hitting me up on you know how to get started in real estate." He was like, "People people are hitting me up about like you know they say they got ten thousand dollars. Like, what can they do with this money?" And he's like, "Get a book, you know." You know mm-hmm. I, I would say you know learn buy a couple of these books on investing, buy books from you know these certain people, and learn, and then. You know, after you know what you're doing, then you can go in and start, you know, investing. But educate education first and foremost. True. Education is going to come first because at the end of the day, if I tell you to do something and then then whatever investment that I ad- advise you to do folds, I don't want to be liable for that. Yeah. So that's why I think if people are asking me, I would reference them to a book to a book also. Yeah. I would reference them to a book that I use to make me more literate in the in the topic of yeah uh, uh, selling property. Yeah. Um, that's great. I think that's great, man. Mm-hmm. But I think we've touched on this topic as much as we can. There's, mm-hmm. I'm sure there's so much more we could talk about, yeah. but we're gonna have to move on because I'm sure some people listening that are really engaged are listening, and other people they probably tuned out. Yeah. And probably been scratching their balls and going to sleep. Because they're white and wealthy. Like I said, I think that... Uh, <laughs> nah. All right, moving on. America's infatuation with celebrity. It seems like whenever a celebrity does something or says something, people, they just they, they zoom in on it and they're like, oh my God, this is crazy or this is great. Like, it's crazy how Jed from down the street can say, you know, you should stop smoking cigarettes and they don't listen. And all of a sudden, Kevin Hart comes out, says the same thing, and people take it serious. Yeah. It's like you are infatuated with somebody on the TV screen, mm-hmm. and that's a problem. Yeah, I think <clears throat> I think that our infatuation with celebrities comes from being insecure somehow. I don't know. Yeah. There's maybe a strange correlation in there. Um, people are not satisfied with their lives, so they look at other people's lives, and you know appreciate it more they watch the kardashians from their one bedroom apartment um and they're like dang i want to be the kardashians like she has all these like her house is big she has a loving family and stuff like that but um so i think i guess that's part of it but it gets it gets really weird um i think that uh, we hold these people to such a high standard and it's it to me it doesn't really make sense like i see like one of the things that bothers me is how we treat celebrities in public so it could be like um it could be i seen i seen r kelly he was leaving uh he he just made bail 
and he was walking out and there was a person in a wheelchair like trying to get a picture with him or just trying to touch his hand or something like that. And just like, yo, like you waited all day for R. Kelly to walk out of this. Oh my God, pee on me. <laughs> you, yeah. It's like you waited all day for R. Kelly when you can be, I don't know, at like, you know how much effort it takes for somebody in a wheelchair to be at like <laughs> this man, like walk, see, witnessing this man walk out of jail. It's just like, it's just crazy. Or I seen another person that was Kodak, Kodak Black was getting out of jail He's walking out with, you know, all kind of money on his face or whatever. And another guy was, like, walking up to him with the camera, like, yo, 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 what's up, Kodak Black? This is my man Kodak Black just getting out of jail. What's up? Oh, my God. It's just like, you don't know how ridiculous you look. You, you know? just look like, you look like a, I don't know, you look real, you look desperate. Yeah. You look desperate. Because you, yeah. you, what it is is in your mind, you feel like if you are somehow affiliated, not even affiliated, if you're even in the... In the in the in the same area as a celebrity, that it's going to increase your stock in some way. Yeah, but in actuality, it's just it's it's just sad. Yeah, like there are people that I look up. I would say I wouldn't say I look up to, but I admire their work. I like what they do. Like if I was to see Joe Rogan and I see him with his family, guess what? I'm not talking to him. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna walk by. Mm-hmm. If, if he's in wave of distance, I'll wave. I'll be like, all right, Joe, and I'll just keep walking. Yeah. There's some people that will walk up to Joe like, Joe, man, you mean the most to me, man. I would just be great if you could sign my shirt, man. Yeah. Just sign my shirt. Yeah. And it's like, dude, stop being obsessed. This, yeah. this dude is a human being just like you. You could be successful. You could do more than Joe Rogan if you just got your head out of your ass. Yeah. And, you know, stop. You got to stop. You got to stop living in a world where you're placing people above you. Uh-huh. I could walk in a room right now, and this is the honest to God truth. I could walk in the room right now and see like Wiz Khalifa, Sylvester Stallone, Arnold Schwarzenegger, The Rock, whoever they are. And I'd be like, wow, man, all these guys in one room. Yeah. And then I would get over it immediately. And and the reason why is because I would know that not only do I have a high trajectory for myself, but I'm not going to let men like emasculate me. And I'm just like, oh, my God, you're so great. Yeah. I'm so average. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. (laughs) Not happening. Yeah, that's really, I think, you know, even for me, like, I know that these people are just human beings at the end of the day. And especially me, like, I only admire a couple actual celebrities. Like, there's a couple people that I look up to. The rest of these people are just, like, just regular people. But um, I know, like, I used to work in L.A., so when I worked on, when I worked in L.A., I would see... Uh, most of them were like B B list celebrities. It wasn't like you never seen Beyonce walking through or anything like that. But, nah. But um. But like I would see them walking past, and I would just be like, "Oh, that's cool." Like a guy like Tay Diggs would walk past, I'd be like, "Oh, what's up, Tay Diggs?" Or you know, just be being regular and being cordial, be not being infatuated with someone just because they have a movie on you know Netflix or yeah. whatever. Like these are just regular people, man. And I think that um. One of one of J. Cole's songs, Love Yours, he says there's no such thing as a life that's better than yours. And I think that if the average person, you know, really took heed to that line and and really thought about it, it's it's true, man. Like these these people, they're famous, they they have a lot of money, but that doesn't mean that their life is better than yours. No, there's no, a no. lot of people that are that are millionaires and on tv every day and they're miserable that's why a lot of these guys are committing suicide because they're not happy with what they have going on 
Yeah. I, I just think that people turn, people look at the, you know, all the eyes on them and, you know, the money and all that. And they're just like, oh my God, like, man, what a, I would trade anything for that. And it's like, dude, what you need to do is you need to enhance your own life. You don't, you don't need to look at the lives of others and, and insert yourself there. Yeah. Like, no, man, that's not how life works. Mm-hmm. Um, and what kills me too is, is supposedly everyone hates Kim Kardashian, right? Oh, Kim Kardashian, she's this, she's that. Their family's so stupid, but it's still the most watched show on TV. Yeah. So what it is is when people, even when they hate you, they tune into you even more, which to me is just absurd. Like if you don't like somebody, don't pay attention to them. But they pay more attention to the Kardashians than any fucking show. I, I do. I think I probably watched one full episode of that show. The whole time it's been on. Because I just can't take it. It's yeah. all scripted bullshit. Uh, what are you guys going to do tonight? I don't know. Probably go to the star. Like, I don't mm-hmm. give a fuck. Mm-hmm. I don't give a fuck about them. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. So I think it's, to me, it's, I don't have this infatuation or this idea of, like, they're so great. I'm so average. Like, no. Yeah. Y'all get paid to, you basically get paid to make an ass out of your family. Mm-hmm. I don't have to do that. I'm a truck driver. I don't make not even a fraction of what you make, but I'd much rather do what I do than what you do. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Shout out to Kim Kardashian. Hey, I was <laughs> I was on Twitter, and I've been de- deleting a lot of old tweets because um, I don't want to meet somebody I bashed on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> right? So um, I was scrolling through, and I had all kind of like, this is be- before Kanye West days, but I had all kind of tweets about Kim Kardashian and about how much I liked her and, you know, how much I want to go on a date with her and stuff wow, like that. Wow, that is but, fucking desperate. Yeah, I deleted them. But, you know. Yeah, you better. <laughs> yeah. One day you're going to meet Kim. She's like, I see what you said about me. It was really cute, but I am so creeped out right now. <laughs> My sister Courtney wants to fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Oh, man. Yeah, I don't got a whole lot on that, man. And uh, uh, in regards to the, that, it, it just is what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just got to stop being so infatuated with, with with celebrities and who and who they are. Yeah, uh, and be more be more in tune with who you are. Yeah, I I even see it. Um, there's it doesn't happen to me as often, but I do see uh, the way people you know see uh, they'll see like DJ sometimes. We'll see him out in public at the mall or something, and I'll be like, they almost treat him like a celebrity. Yeah. Um, you know, pe- it's just it's, it's a certain energy that people give off when they think that they are in the presence of some sort of celebrity. And I think that's that's a natural reaction that you can't really, you can't really do anything with. But sometimes exactly. there's a conscious effort for people to, like, um, you know, like I said, take their phone out and mm-hmm. record or you know, try to, you know, harass a person or, you know, they're at dinner and they're, you know, yeah. approaching them. It's like, it's just Hon- too much. Honestly, like the way I am, I think if I see you in person and, you know, and I'm just this guy, like, let's just fast, let's fast forward four and a half, five years from now. And I'm just this well-known guy. And you see me somewhere trying to get a sandwich and you just turn your phone on when you see me. Hey, I'm out here with Eddie, man. I'm out here with Eddie. Trucker's Mind Podcast, man. This guy's crazy, man. This guy's crazy. And I'm just like, if you don't leave me the fuck alone and let me eat my sandwich, you yeah. got, you son of a bitch. Yeah. It's going to get annoying. Mm-hmm. At first, I'm not going to be as mad. But, you know, I think it will be annoying to me because I'm not that type of person. 
Yeah. I've ran into very few celebrities, but I never put them on. I ran into fucking Gary Busey, and yeah. he was, yeah, Gary was like, hey, what's going on, man? Hey. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, hey, Gary, what's up, man? Yeah. And I just let him go. I didn't say, hey, look, it's Gary Busey. Yeah. You know? Gary Busey's sister was my teacher. Really? Yeah. Yeah, Gary's been out here. I don't know if he stays out here, but. No, he's, I don't think so, but. Yeah, Gary's really, really different guy. He's <laughs> like the Ozzy Osbourne of acting. <laughs> hey, you get that message I sent you with Ozzy? No. Uh, they Somebody, uh, I think it's Barbara Walters, she asked uh, Ozzy in an interview, like, are you high right now? And he was like, Yeah. Oh, man. All right, that's all I got, man. Yeah. That's all I got, too, man. All right, man. Keith's running out of juice. All right. If you made it all the way to the end of this podcast, we thank you for listening. Happy Easter. Happy Easter. Once again, you've been listening to a Truck of Mind podcast. I'm Eddie McGee. It's your boy, K. Thanks. Out of here. Peace.